0: Or Greg Carrasco! Kick it! Whoa, what's the Greg Carrasco show? Get this party on the road. How fast can this light go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guests From the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco. Trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live, here is your warning The topics are flowing every Saturday morning Car talk like Sherlock, the guy knows wheels like a dial talk Movie talk on the boardwalk, shoot facts like a tomahawk So entertaining, turn up the station There's no more waiting, this show is beginning It's too late to escape, let's go Here's your host, Greg
1: Incarnation Nation congregates once again on TSN 1050 every Saturday morning with a new time slot, 8am to 11am. Super stoked that the time change. that the time was changed, but uh, you know, sometimes we need to, I don't know how we're going to reach the boomers, man. <laughs> It's, just, it's impossible to communicate with this. They don't read the newspaper anymore. They, they don't know how to hook up their Facebook account. So I, I don't know how to talk to these folks.
2: Yeah, well, just keep but, reminding them throughout the show, throughout the second hour. And the I feel like reminding through the third hour will be the crucial time because that's the overlap from our old time slot.
1: Well, the uh, from here on, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m., the Greg Carrasco Show, Canada's largest automotive radio show with uh, Ken Stapen here. We are going to be talking to you live so if you have, uh, you know, today we have three hours for you. This is, this is all about you. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. So if you have a, if you have a beef, if you have a question, if, it, if it's got to do with cars, you should probably take my advice. Nothing else uh, is something that you should take to heart. The rest is just opinions, right, Ken? We're trying to figure this out as we <laughs> how, go along. How,
2: how do you say something about uh, if you're going to call in, if you have a thick skin? Make sure you have a thick skin. Is that what you always say?
1: You you need to have a thick skin because I, I really don't care about your feelings. So if you have a question <laughs> in relation to in relation You don't care about my cars, feelings either,
2: eh? <laughs> What's that? I say, you don't care about my feelings either. So uh, no, the, the, no, the no, listeners uh, are I, not alone.
1: No, no, no. So it's, it's simple. The If you're going to call the show and you have... Uh, if you have a question, and it's an honest question, and you have a, and you want to challenge one of my positions, it's okay, you can do that. I, I don't have the monopoly on truth. I also don't know, there's a lot of things that I don't know in relation to cars, but after so many years working in the car industry, I have a pretty good idea what I'm talking about. So I, I will share my thoughts when it comes to cars, when it comes to the car industry, and especially during the first hour, most of the people in the car industry, uh um, are lining up at a local Tim Hortons or Starbucks, depending on the kind of brand that they sell, (laughs) 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 waiting for their double doubles or their Americanos. You know, listening to the Carrasco show here, ramble on about the car industry and how I say things that makes them shake their head. That's okay. You can always call us in, 416-870-1050. And again, if you're calling from out of town, it's 1-855-591-6876. Or you can download the podcast afterwards. You can download it from tsn.ca or you can go to iTunes podcast, just click subscribe and you get it automatically as soon as um, my people upload it into the, into the system. Now I don't want you to forget that the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Why are these two dealerships uh, so important these days? Well, number one because I work there. <laughs> number two because they sponsor the show. But number three is because uh, we are the first combination Nissan Infinity store that don't have any commission salespeople. And yesterday I, I, I had an uh, old neighbor of mine come in and uh, and buy a vehicle from us, and they were surprised. You know, after all these years they, they didn't know that we didn't have commission salespeople. So when we were giving them suggestions between one vehicle and, and another Ken, uh, the my friend said, Well, obviously you're gonna get me to sell to buy the vehicle that is the most expensive because you make the most money. I said, No, 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 that's not the way it works here. You know, whether they sell a $20,000 car or a $130,000 car, they get paid the exact same amount. And and she said, but what is the incentive for them to sell you one or the other? I said, the incentive is, doesn't come on what they sell to you. The incentive comes in how happy they make you. A large portion of the way that we pay our people is based on their happiness. So every single industry right now is... Uh, is, is killing their customers with surveys. <laughs> Do you guys have surveys at your work, Ken?
2: Not at my work, but I've certainly, it seems like everywhere you go though, like to your point, you get a receipt somewhere mm-hmm. and it's fill out the survey, get a voucher, an opportunity to win, you know, $20,000 and winner store credit, or you know, whatever the, the hell survey, it is. You
1: qualify for something that you never get. Yeah, Call yeah, exactly.
2: No, but this th- is, it's I... a huge thing. Like even when you're walking uh-huh. out of like an A&W store, when before and in, in like a past life when you used to walk out of there there's the three buttons at the storefront at the begin- where the door where you walk in where you can press like green if it was like great or red if it was terrible it's like it's just becoming a huge part of our society, rating your experience and everything that you do
1: well i uh i'm gonna use this platform right now to be completely self serving uh myself Greg Carrasco here and Canada's largest automotive radio show is sending the bad signal out to all car manufacturers across the country. You guys and girls need to cut it out. You need to cut it out. You are sending so many surveys to your, to your customers. The customers are getting annoyed. They're becoming numb to surveys. I mean, how many times do you expect the customer to go and open their email? They're not opening emails to begin with. I'm a case in point, you know, if I can show you this, I don't know if you can see this, uh, uh Ken from, um, a zoom call, but, um, uh, I don't know. no, you can't see it. No, all I see is the,
2: all I see is the gold Corolla in the background, <laughs> the gold Corolla masks, anything else that's going on.
1: <laughs> um, on, on my cell phone, there are over 70,000 unopened emails. Seventy thousand. Oh my goodness! Unopened emails. If uh, if the subject matter is not relevant, sorry, man. I I, I will get to it. Sounds <laughs> like you should to start
2: it. opening your emails.
1: No, actually, you know, I, I refuse to. If it's important, they'll call me. If it's important, they'll text me. It. In, in, there's a big dis- distinction between what is important and what's urgent. And right now, I, I was listening to this uh, podcast the other day. They were talking about the number of emails the average canadian gets on a daily basis and the average canadian gets about 120 emails a day
2: that's absurd you need a burner email address greg do you have a do you have a burner like whenever you sign three... up for anything online you just uh, use like the yahoo email address and then you just never really check it or if you need a receipt or something you just sign it to that one and all the important stuff goes to your other email
1: no, it does. I, I can't. I can't do it, man. I can't do it. I I have a couple of email addresses, but all I find is, and now I have to go to two, three or four platforms just to check whatever is coming in. And just like, ah, ah, ah. no, just reach out to me. Do you, I'm easy do you, to find.
2: Do you ever see the person that has the Hotmail email address still? Like um, that's that's a that's a thing of the past.
1: Well, it's still there. I mean, some people have, you know, fifty, sixty thousand emails on the hotmail account and there's only so important stuff. It's like it's like a snapshot of your life, you know. Sometimes you have some email exchanges with people. What what are you laughing at, man? I don't know.
2: I just find the hotmail email addresses hilarious. But no, I, I understand where you're coming from. I actually feel a little bit better now because I was looking at my emails on the way into the station or before our show started, I should say. I have probably about thirty five hundred unread emails in my Gmail, and in large part, a lot of those come from working at the radio station because you get looped in on a lot of chains, so I'll get probably about 40 to 50 emails just from work, a lot of which don't even pertain to me, like just from working at this radio station, but then also in addition to that, I've got my burner email address, and I feel like that one's got, you know, like 20,000 unread emails, I've just had that one for 12 or 14 years, and I haven't gone through it to this point, and I'm not going to go through it now.
1: Well, look at it this way. I um, because I was a pretty early adopter of email. I mean, I'm haven't I've had an email for I don't know when. When is it that email or Hotmail came around? In the early mid '90s is that when it came around?
2: Ooh, yeah. I I I that know that we got our I know that we had our first computer in like the '90s. I think we got it around like nine. It was Windows 1995. So I, well, I don't know how how far behind email and stuff like that was. I was too young to be a an OG proprietor of using email. I feel like I got my first one, like probably in middle school.
1: Well, what I can tell you is that, you know, my first email was, you know, Greg And I, I have kept that for all these years. So what happens is this, um, you know, my main email address is greg at gregcarasco.com, So I have my own domain, but everything that comes in there gets copied to my Hotmail account because it just stays there forever. So if I ever lose all my emails or I can't find something, there's where I go find it. So I don't know. Call me old. Stop it. Stop it, Ken. You, you know, you, you're sh- <laughs> your email shaming me this morning. I what am. is
2: this nonsense? I, I, I am. Well, it's just that I, I, don't know, I shouldn't even be one to shame because I'm not the best at uh, keeping up on mine. Anyways, like, please continue. So I feel like we got off on a tangent here. We're having a nice <laughs> discussion about the car industry and about Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity and the no commission salespeople. And then we started talking about Hotmail and here we are.
1: Well, you know, I, I, we have to pay the bills, though, and, uh, before we go for the first break. And then on the other side of the break, folks, I, if you are working in the car industry, you probably want to listen to the, the following few segments. Um, what I was going to share with you is that the top, in my opinion, what are the top five signs that you are probably working at the wrong dealership? Uh, I think that there is not a single person that works in the car industry that hasn't one day just gone to the office and just you know, shake their head, you know, straighten up their neck, like, ah, why am I here? (laughs) I think that we all go through these moments from time to time. So on the other side of the break, I'm going to give you uh, five reasons that, in my opinion, will tell you that as it pertains to the car industry, of course, uh, tell you some of the five reasons, top five reasons why you may be working at the wrong store. And you want to know about this because it's not what you may think. Um, but before we, we break, you need to know this that uh, right now, until the end of the month, Oakville Nissan put a special uh, deal together. So if you drive a Nissan right now and you have a lease, uh, or you have a, any Nissan in your house for that matter, you, you qualify for this. You can get the least expensive compact utility vehicle in Canada right now with $0 down for 195 a month plus tax. Now... 195 a month plus tax with zero dollars down it is the least expensive compact utility vehicle in the country i dare you to find a better deal anywhere else and if you do bring it to oakville leeson and let's see what we do about that let's take a small break folks you're listening to the greg carrasco show here canada's largest automotive radio show with my friend ken Stapen. stay tuned the number is 416-870-1050 call us we'll talk we're back This is Slacker Nation congregating here every Saturday morning, Canada's largest automotive radio show, the Greg Carrasco Show with Ken Stapen. And uh, the first hour is all about you, the car business. You know, I hope you guys uh, show up to the office with a bunch of appointments. And, you know, I really, really hope that after all these years of you listening to the show, you confirm all your appointments for today because uh, there is nothing more frustrating than a salesperson or sales manager that show up to the office on Saturday mornings without any single appointment i i strongly encourage uh the uh, the gsm's and uh and general actually you know, gsm and, and general managers to uh to go into the office today and ask who didn't have an appointment and just send them home just send them home take the weekend it's okay you're good you're good you worked too hard this week didn't work maybe you need some rest you know everyone that you talk to during the week just drains all your energy so you have nothing going in on a Saturday. Just stay home. You know, many people work in the car industry for years and years and years and years and they question their life. They question, why did I get into this in the first place? And uh, a lot of it has to do with with the environment. It's got to do with the with your coworkers. It's got to do with the culture of the dealership that you happen to be working in. And, uh, you, you know, I've always believed it, that sometimes it's just not the plant. It's just the soil. So you need to just, you know, transplant yourself into a different place and you may be able to thrive. Now, if you have an intuitive management team, they may be able to look at you and say, you know, things are just not working out for you here. It doesn't mean that they're not going to work out for you somewhere else. And, and, and sometimes you need to make some tough decisions. I mean, from a management perspective and from a personal perspective, do I, do I think that I have a chance of thriving in the car industry if I stay exactly where I'm at? Um, and what I wanted to talk to you today was a few, a few signs, a few indications that you may not want to stick around at this place. So, you know, w- w- one of the first things that people really look at whenever they're, they're trying to judge or, or make a decision when it comes to their, their employment or their career is that their income. You know, am I making enough money? That's one of the number one reasons why people go and, and, and work somewhere else. Would you agree with that statement? I mean, have you ever made a, 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 a career? I've only made one career change and when he came he came to money and I made a mistake that was a terrible decision for me to make
2: well, I think what that's you, a pretty Ken? common one though like people often yet. yeah it's kind of like uh, the grass is always greener and at the end of the day the reason that people are going to work most of the time is just so that they can make money to support themselves it's not as if you know you're going to your job like or a lot of people aren't privileged enough to go to a job that they actually enjoy being at or just enjoy spending time with their co-workers whatever it is so certainly if there are greener pastures or perceived greener pastures especially where the bottom line is concerned i feel like that's a motivating factor for a lot of people to either switch the company that they're working for or switch the industry that they're working in
1: i i don't disagree with you i and i can't say that i didn't um that i didn't think about that during my early years in in the car industry uh but i i was fortunate enough that I, I knew exactly what I wanted to do and, and believe it or not, Ken, I it, money is never something something that I, I, I was chasing. I, I never did chase money. I came from no money. Money is not something that I wanted. I just I knew that money and success and, 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 and just notoriety in and, and anything came as a, came as a side effect of a job well done. So when you do something really, 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 really well You don't have to change money. Money will find you. Yeah, People will want to say, here, take my money. Do this for (laughs) me because you do it so well. Just take it all.
2: Yeah. See, that's the the camp that I'm in. That if you, in whatever industry that you perceive that you want to to make your career in, your career path, Mm -hmm. when you get the relevant experience and you become an expert in that particular field, or if it's just a field of interest, if you become an expert in something that you're interested in, then the monetary opportunities will follow based off. A, your passion and B, your level of competency in that industry. And if you're the best and you just work up to be the best, then that's going to follow. It's not something that you necessarily have to chase. In, a lar- in large part, I feel like if you're just outwardly chasing it, it's uh, not to get too existential it here, you. but it's not something that you're going to find.
1: It evades you. And again, it's, in a, it's such a peculiar phenomenon because I can tell you this, that the only way to achieve financial success is through the mastery of something. Unfortunately, we live in a society in which everybody is trying to find this get-rich-quick schemes, whether it's through social media or going Investing in GameStop. Yeah. You know, in, in all this, <laughs> that, that is true, in, in all these schemes, in all this... Um, all this gaming that goes on in the background when there is no replacement for hard work and dedication to something that will take you a long time to perfect. And the of industry is not any different on this. Let me give you an example, Ken. I, on my sales floor right now, I have people that are making $45,000 a year, and I have people that are making $200,000 a year. The only difference between the, the two individuals, the two people in, the, in both ends, is the drive and the commitment that they have in order for them to succeed within their own field. That's the only difference. In, in the car industry, it's a beautiful place for you to be able to exercise that drive, that drive to do something really, really good. No now, pun look intended. At it this way.
2: What's that? No pun intended, but the <laughs> no car pun intended. industry I is an don't excellent do those place to exercise, of dad jokes. I stay away from dad <laughs> jokes.
1: You know, people roll their eyes at me. I, I stay away from that. So the only difference is the resolve that you have. A lot of people want the results, but they don't have the resolve. I don't know if that makes sense to you folks. It does for me, So, and I don't care what you think right now. So there are not very many industries in which you have such a widespread income potential without a lot of additional expertise. Folks, this is not, this is not rocket science, it's selling vehicles. Now, when, whenever you are choosing the dealership or you are trying to choose whether to stay or not, there are a few things that dealerships need to do in order for you to see whether they are just as committed to your success as you are. Because you, you can be the most committed salesperson on the planet, but if you're working for a dealership that doesn't show a few signs Then you may be spinning your wheels and maybe you should pick up the phone and call somewhere else and say, you know, look, I've been working here for this number of years. I don't see myself going anywhere. What do you think? So, you know, maybe it's it's time for you to start exploring. Now, number five, I'm going to do it in reverse order because I, I do believe that number one on this one is something that you have heard me say on the show here before, but it's so crucial. It's so basic that it's almost essential that this number one reason why you may be working on the wrong dealership is, is, is there and it should be there. Number five, your dealership does not advertise. I know this may not seem like a big deal to you folks, but when a dealership doesn't advertise, it represents a bunch of different things, you know, whether it's because the, the dealership is in an auto mall or because the GM comes from fixed operations and they believe on penny pinching and saving everything. And uh, they feel that, you know, all salespeople should be bringing the customers in and they have no desire in putting a competitive advantage, advantage out in the marketplace. Um, that is never really a good sign. Um, and this is something that, you know, it may be a bit esoteric for you folks that are listening to the car show. And by the way, if you want to challenge anything that I'm saying, the number to call is 416-870-1050, especially if you work in the car industry and you are working at a dealership that does this, call me. You don't have to say your name. We won't expose you. I promise. I promise I won't expose you.
2: Just give a but fake if you were... alias. <laughs> you have a burner name. <laughs> yeah. John you know, from Keswick. What those, spam accounts? <laughs> Yeah, the yeah the burner accounts. I'm talking. I'm telling you, it's the theme of the day. We need burner emails, burn, burner social media accounts, just to uh, disguise our true identities.
1: It, it, you know, going back to what I was saying, there are many dealerships. I don't spend a single penny advertising the competitive advantage for people to come and see their dealerships, and and this is a big beef that I have, you know, within my network because. I I am a marketeer, I am an advertiser, I am constantly out there just waving the flag of whatever dealership I happen to be working at, because I do believe that I make a I make a difference at the culture within the culture of that dealership. If I didn't feel that, I wouldn't be putting myself here for over almost a decade and a half here on the radio show talking to you about why is it that it's better to come and buy a vehicle where I'm at because I provide that competitive advantage. You see, I hold myself accountable on the show and for that reason, you are pretty safe when you come and see me. I don't take any chances. But because we advertise so much and unfortunately Ken, most car manufacturers, they don't allow dealerships to have any individual message on their advertising because they call that a one-upmanship. So even though I may be able to provide a better price. I may be able to provide a, a, an incentive on the sale of a specific car. Uh, I may be having some contest that we're doing internally and, and give away, I don't know, a car, whatever, whatever it is that we happen to be doing, we cannot advertise it. Because inevitably, and you've heard me talk about this for months now, I say something that is considered to be too aggressive. Aggressive? And, and inevitably some crybaby is gonna call the you know the parent company and say, you know, Greg is doing this, my feelings are hard. And, you know, that's the way I hear the complaint, it just so you know, when, yeah, with the baby with the un-
2: baby sound effect in your ear.
1: Greg is too aggressive, we need to cut him down, he's bad for the brand. Seriously? But anyway, so when whenever this happens, we, we put so much content, so many offers, so many specials that we, we can't say it. We can't, we literally can't say it. So now when I put a message that is the same as everybody else, but I'm not the closest to you, then you have no reason for you to come by and drive because you, in your eyes, you don't feel that there is a competitive advantage at the store. So now I'm benefiting all these people that are not spending any money advertising, but I can tell you, you as a salesperson, you know, you know that you're not advertising because Customers are coming in and saying here, this is what Oakville Nissan is advertising. Can you do this? And if you see that often, you may be working for the wrong place and the time for you to make that phone call somewhere else has come. Do we have a phone call there, Ken?
2: Yes, we do. Uh let's go to Slacker number three, I believe, Lou from Oakville. Lou. <laughs> Lou. You're on the great grassco show. Early
1: as usual. Lou, good morning.
2: Is Lou there? Technical po- technical producer, Ben, did we drop a Lou?
1: I think that we dropped Lou. Yeah. 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 Let's let's just carry on. So number five, if your dealership does not advertise, it's a big, big, big problem. Number four, this is a very interesting one, Ken, because uh, it's not what it used to be. Listen to this folks. If you're in the car industry, you need to pay attention right now. Number four sign that you are working at the wrong place. Maybe this. That your sales managers have been at their jobs for longer than ten years. What do you think when I say this, Ken? When a sales manager at a local car dealership has been there for longer than ten years, that is a very, very
2: bad, bad sign. I feel like it means Why that they're. Why do you think com- that is? I feel like a, it means that they're complacent, because probably if you've been somewhere for a long time, it's easy to get a little bit comfortable. You know, maybe you're resting on your laurels a little bit. B. I would expect that probably if you're in that position for that amount of time, you would probably be looking for another promotion of some sort. No, like you probably like if the trajectory is similar from going from salesperson to sales manager, you would expect that after that amount of time that you'd probably be moving on, as we talked about before, to greener pastures or a better opportunity, no?
1: Well, traditionally what happens is this, Ken. Um, the top salesperson at any car dealership makes more money than the sales manager. It's is, is, is inevitable. It will happen. You make more money on the sales floor than you make as a sales manager. The only thing that you get with a management position is stability because often uh, there is a lot of variable components in the way that you get compensated. So if you are a high performer, like a really high performer, um, and you don't have any managerial aspirations, you may want to just stay on the floor and just crush it for you know, forever. And I've met a few people, you know, my mentor uh, was the top salesperson in the country. He decided to become a sales manager, GSM, general manager, and he hated it. So after five or six years of that and no work-life balance, which I think is overrated, but that's a whole different conversation. um, He decided to just give it up and go back onto the sales floor. And he just continued to crush it for the following 30 years. So the guy was a rock star. He knew that he didn't want the responsibility of dealing with all the salespeople because sometimes a brain cramp and uh, he just wanted to do it on his own.
2: I I respect that. Listen, it's like especially in the restaurant industry, like I've been approached to be a front of house manager from multiple places on multiple occasions. And I'm just like, nope, don't want it. Like, it's, a, it's just a pain in the neck. You have to deal with uh, the customers who have the big problems. You have to deal with your staff who have the big problems. And you don't make any of the gratuities. You work the longer hours. It's just like it's not, it's not worthwhile. And
1: it, I don't think it is. I mean, if you if you're looking to stay in mid management, it's, it's not really a good idea. Now, I mean, my suggestion is that if anyone has higher high management or executive aspirations, that's the only in, in the front. And that's the only way to do it. Yeah, you, and you that's become, you get in sales and, and so on. And that's but, similar.
2: It's like if you're an operations manager, which is generally the position that you have to do for five or 10 years before you're going to become the regular GM of the restaurant and start actually making an equitable salary for the work, then that's fine if you want to put in those five of 10 years experience and then like after that then you can start to move on but it's sort of like if you're unless you're planning on being like a lifer and you want to be in the management side like certainly and that's what you want to do as a career it's just a waste of time to yeah but
1: look at it this way Ken look at it from a different perspective so if you have a sales manager that's been sitting on that position you know whether a sales manager or GSM I think sales managers mostly for 10 years or so only two things are true number one this guy has, or or girl has no aspiration of moving up in their career. Therefore, the lack of drive and aspiration gets passed down to the sales staff. So you have an entire sales staff that is not hungry or your company does not believe in promoting people. So you're stuck either way. Does that make sense, Ken?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little strange, like I guess, but people also like as well, we've discussed this before on this show. Like, people in those positions are oftentimes, you know, concerned looking over their shoulders at the up-and-comers. And And this is something that you've talked about with your dealership is, like, if you're, like, a true manager and you want what's best for the company, it's, like, you've got to be training people to, you know, understand how to take over your position if, for some reason, you end up moving on. And it's, like, if you're not going to prepare people behind you to do that, then what kind of a manager are you actually
1: you, you're not and that's a big problem because if, if you happen to be a sales manager right now and you've had that position for 10 years or so and, and there is no progression, there is no I, 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 there is no such a thing as lateral progression. You know it's just changing one thing for another. but if you if you are stuck, if you wanted to move up and your company doesn't want to give you the opportunity to move up, or the company doesn't feel that you have the ability to move up you are in trouble. As a salesperson, you have a big problem if you are working under somebody, not because there is anything wrong with them per se, because you you may have a perfectly well-qualified salesman that has been there for 10 years. That's not the issue. The issue has got nothing to do with qualifications. It's got to do with opportunity. And the opportunity is not there. If somebody is not moving up or out, there is no room for you to improve because that person that is leading your team does not know how to improve themselves. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, certainly. When you put it like that, and I, I hadn't drawn that correlation, but certainly if you were aspiring to make those you know, moves up the ladder, up the corporate hierarchy, and somebody's just holding that position for that much time, it's like, well, how long are you going to have to wait then? Another 10 years? Am I going to have to be working in this, at this same store for 20 years <laughs> to see an opportunity? This is the reason why I don't have a lot of friends. (laughs) Oh, that's, this is the reason (laughs) I am speaking
1: the gospel here. You all know who you are. I know you probably listen to the show and I, many of you are closet Carrasco show listeners. You've been listening to the show for a very, very long time, but you will never admit it in public. But you know that you listen to what I'm saying because I, I'm, I'm speaking truth here. You know, number three, listen to this. Number three, this is a really big and important thing, folks. If you're in the car industry, you need to pay attention to this because it's a really interesting sign that you are working at the wrong store. Number three, if today, March 13, 2021, you are still trying to sell the same used cars that you were selling last year, You may want to consider relocation. So I'm going to repeat this, folks. If today, March 13, 2021, you are still trying to sell the same cars that your store had last year in December, November, October, September, there is a very big probability that you are working at the wrong store for two or three different reasons. Now, if you want to challenge me on this, Call me, 416-870-1050. No, we're not going for a break yet. I need to get this off my chest. And if you're calling from out of town, it's 1-855-591-6876. So the main reason why I say this is the following. If you're still selling the cars that you were trying to sell last year, number one, you're not marketing that system properly. You're not doing it. Number two, your store does not understand the velocity principle that for the most part just guides the car industry today. We don't need to get tied romantically attached to your inventory. You don't want to do that unless there is a specific piece like a convertible that you took in on trade in November. And you know that you're not going to sell it in the middle of the winter when there is two feet of snow. So then you hang on to that product. But that's an intentional decision. of not selling a specific car. But for the most part... If a vehicle has been sitting on your lot for over 60 days, you have an incompetent sales manager. Yes, I said it. If, you're, if the vast majority of the product that you have on your used car lot right now, you have an incompetent used car manager and that person needs to reassess their employment because they don't know what they're doing. Number two, they're working at a dealership in which upper management or leadership, senior leadership allows this to happen in the first place. Also, if you're selling all those used cars and they're not really used cars, they are recycled new cars because they need to hit target. And this is a common problem in the car industry. You have a problem. You have a problem. You need to look at opportunity. Don't follow your passion, folks. Don't follow your passion. It's one of the biggest mistakes that we make as a society. We tell our kids, follow your passion, whether you're good at it or not. (laughs) You need to follow opportunity, and if the opportunity is not there, you need to get out. Get out.
2: <laughs> See, this one's always been con- con- this one's always been confusing to me, Greg, because I don't understand. You know, if you have the car on the lot, the end game is to get the car off the lot. Like that—that's—that's that's all you're trying to do, right? So I don't understand why you know at certain dealerships. <clears throat> People get attached to inventory, and then they don't end up moving it out, whether they get attached to a price or whatever it is. Because, like, ultimately, it's like you're just trying to move product. And by keeping a, something in a parking spot for that long, ultimately, you're just stopping yourself from filling that parking spot with something else.
1: Well, you see, here's the thing. That the money's not on the sale. The money's on the turns. The more cars you turn during the time frame, the more money you're going to be able to make for the company. And, you know, believe me, the, the margins on used cars are so small today that people really don't believe us. You know, when when you are the average gross profit on a used car right now is under a thousand dollars in the city. People are gonna say, "Nah, you're lying to me." All right, whatever. What do you want me to say? You know, you know more than I do, so whatever. But it comes down to this: if you are selling age, you know, I'll I'll, think, I'll tell this, I'll say this, because it's important, and I don't care. You know, when I was working at Four Hundred One Dix and Nissan, Ken, we had a used car manager there that worked at that store for like fifteen years. He was an awful, awful, awful human. I saw him the other day at my store and I kicked him out. I said, you're not allowed to come in here. You're an awful (laughs) human. Get out. No, seriously, get out. And I escorted him out because he was such a terrible human being. But this person had an average gross profit per unit. This is back in the 90s, man. He had an average gross profit per unit, meaning that every time he sold a used car, it was over $5,000. He was making off of customers, okay? So you may think, oh, that's great. No, it's not. Because the average used car that he had in his inventory was sitting there for over 600 days. And you know, his famous saying was this, there is an ass for every chair. I don't even know if I can say that on air, but I just said it so I can only say it once and I I not say it again. I apologize.
2: No, you can say the ass word. That was his
1: saying. So he was a terrible, terrible manager. So he would just sit in product and watch it rot away with an attempt for somebody, an unsuspected victim to come in and just pay him all the money. That's not a good thing, folks. So if you are still selling products that were sitting there last year at your dealership, you may wanna reconsider your employment, folks. This is the Greg Carrasco Show, Canada's largest automotive radio show. I promise you, you gotta stay tuned for the top two reasons with top two signs as to why you may be working at the wrong dealership. This show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, home of the no commission salespeople. And right now until the end of March, you can get what in my opinion is the absolute best, mid size, luxury SUV for $4.99 a month plus tax with only $2,000 down. The Infinity QX50, folks, if you're looking at the Q5, the RDX, don't come and see me first. We'll be right back. Have you ever read the lyrics of that song, Ken?
2: <laughs> I haven't. Is, oh is there something I'm missing?
1: Uh, well, after, after the show. After all, the show, all folks. off fair, <laughs> fair conversation? Yes.
2: All right. You are
1: listening to The Greg Carrasco Show here with uh, my friend Ken Staben, Canada's largest automotive radio show that is about you, for you. And uh, for the first hour of every Saturday morning, we hold a sales meeting here. You may not like what we have to say, but, um, we, uh, we're speaking some gospel in the car industry and it's very, very important that you pay attention. Just a quick recap here. We were talking about the five, uh, top, the top five signs that you are working at the wrong store. And the first one is that your dealership does not advertise. Number four, that your sales manager has been there for over 10 years. <laughs> it's like,
3: a really? decade, <laughs> a casual decade. decade.
1: You you're still a sales manager? Is that all you want to do with your life? Like really, or you can't move up and they won't let you. Oh, that's a bit of a problem. Number three, if most of the used cars that you're selling today, like today, March 13th, are the same cars that you had in inventory back in December, November, and October, whoo, you got some splitting to do. (laughs) Number two, (laughs) if, you know, if, if right about now your sales floor is getting inundated with new salespeople. You may be working on the wrong store, you know? This is so, so mean. And, and there are many dealerships that do this, Ken. They, uh, you know, they shrink the sales staff down to the, the lowest common denominator during November, December, January, and February. And just when people start to come out and start buying some cars, they just double the, <laughs> the size of the sales floor. And every single salesperson that was pushing cars in the snow, shoveling snow, salting the driveways, getting stuck in traffic for all those four months of terrible winter. Now they just got all their opportunity reduced. It's not nice. It's like you had 10 tables all throughout the winter when there was nobody coming in and now that the place is finally busy, they only give you two. How do you think about, how do you feel about that Ken?
2: So how would the sales floor, completely get flooded like that though is it just they go out and hire new staff is it that yep, sort of new like, salespeople that's new it sales and people. then they You're just have they a just... string
1: of new salespeople there
2: listen we see this uh, a lot again i know i make parallels a lot to hospitality but this is certainly something that we see every summer and i would assume that trend will follow this summer is that a lot of people have been working you know long hours with really not a whole lot of reward in the hospitality business over the last little while. And certainly in the summertime, I expect that there'll be a similar setup to last summer where the patios are going to open. And then all of a sudden there'll be uh business is open, right? Like, and people are going to come out of the woodwork all of a sudden, and they'll be, you know, staffing up the places that have the big patios. So i I can imagine that in the car industry, like I'd be a little bit ticked off if I was sort of the guy who was, had been, you know, you've been there for a couple of years, you're doing all the hard work, you're sort of, in the, in the wintertime, you're going in, you're doing the hard hours, there's obviously mm. less people going out buying cars, probably way less leads, and then all of a sudden in the summertime, your opportunities reduce. It's exactly in half, what that, like that. in the car business. No, right? it's it's exactly a, it, it, dri- it drive me crazy, Greg.
1: Well, this is the way that you alienate your performers. It's not a good thing, folks. And if this is what's happening right now, because your dealer is getting ready for the influx of customers, no, they just did you dirty. <laughs> they, they, they did you dirty. And it's time for you to start considering working for a place that actually respects your efforts and your commitment that you have to the cost for you working during all the tough months. And now when the opportunity finally comes, they're gonna load up your floor and double up the number of salespeople that they had on the floor. And by that reason, cutting your opportunity by half. and that also also applies to F and I managers, you know, right now all around the city. Oh, you know, we need to hire more people. Why? Let them eat, let them feed. They committed their lives to you during the winter, during COVID, during the lockdown, look after them. Don't be selfish. The next point is what makes me the most hated man in the car business here in Southern Ontario and maybe across the country can.
2: It's, uh, I, I, have to be, <laughs> I have to be careful when I say this, I feel like there's a couple people in like Alberta or Saskatchewan. <laughs> that are more hated,
1: uh, probably, but I mean, that's maybe, maybe not as wide
2: I a reach though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, look at this. So we were giving you the, the top five signs that you may be working for the wrong dealership in my humble opinion. And after three decades in the car industry or close to it anyways, I can tell you that the number one sign that you are working for the wrong dealership is this. If you don't remember the last time your general manager took an up or a customer from the floor and took the customer from the process A to Z, you may not be working under the right leadership. This is something that happens in a lot of dealerships in the GTA, in Ontario and across the country, Ken. You have people leading organizations that are so unbelievably detached from what hap- what's happening in the trenches that they don't know what the soldiers are going through. And if you, as a general manager, cannot lead by example and lead from the front, that's why you lead, leading, front, lead, break the ground. If you, as a leader of the organization, don't have the retail capacity to inject yourself into your sales floor, take a customer that walks in, put them through the process that you are enforcing every sales meeting, and you cannot show that that process works for you, then you cannot expect that process to be working with that rookie that just got hired last week, and they don't know what they're doing on your sales floor. Yes, I've said it. If you right now are working for someone that you don't know if they can even sell a car, you got to remember this, folks. Look, and this is in no way, shape, or form undermining the rest of the organization because the dealerships do not run if you don't have a good parts manager and a good parts department or a good service department and, and, and service advisors and technicians and cleanups and all these other things. This is in no way, shape, or form undermining that. But what I'm saying to you is the following. Absolutely nothing happens at a dealership, nothing, unless that car is sold. You can open the biggest car dealership on the planet, but until you sell that first car, the wheels are not in motion. And I am tired of listening to pundits, car business pundits, trying to change the world trying to change processes and systems and beliefs that have worked for generations, that have never sold a car in their life. Theory is a wonderful thing, folks. Theory is a wonderful thing. But until you put it in practical implementation and it actually works, it's useless. Communism is a good theory. In theory, you cannot change the world if you haven't made your bed. And this goes out to every single person that is leading a car dealership in Canada, in Ontario, in the GTA right now. You need to get up. You need to get to the sales floor and take a nap today and see if your sword still cuts. <laughs> and see if your gun still shoots. <laughs> Maybe you, gotta you steal, shoot in if, blanks.
2: You got to see <laughs> if you still got it. No, well, you see, I, I, and
1: that's what they're afraid. They're you,
2: afraid because it may not work. If you don't use it, you'll lose it.
1: Dude, there are so many people out there right now that are just like, oh, Carrasco, shut up, man. Shut up. Stop talking. Stop talking. That's what they're saying right now. And they're shifting on the chairs because they know that I'm speaking truth today. They were so afraid to go on the sales floor and taking a nap and to show everyone that they don't know how to do the very thing that they're trying to teach the people how to do. How does that work?
2: It's like Queen Elizabeth watching the Oprah Winfrey interview earlier oh, don't, this week don't, don't shuffling started, around don't, in the chair
1: no, no, don't get me started but don't get me started <laughs> <laughs> don't please don't do this to me folks this show is brought to you by oakville nissan and oakville infinity we are canada's largest automotive radio show here and don't forget that in 2021 if you're still paying commission when you buy a vehicle you are leaving money on the table for no reason don't forget the number to call is 416-870-1050 and if you are calling from out of town is 1-855-591-6876 you can disagree with me you know call us we'll be right back after the break And we're back you're listening to canada's largest automotive radio show and uh, last last hour was a pretty
0: spicy
1: spicy hour This show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan in Oakville, infinity home of the no commission salespeople. And for the month of March, we have the my choice sales event. And what does it mean to you? The regular consumer is that you have a choice of reducing your rate up to two percentage points. You can get up to $1,500 cash back, or you can get up to five years prepaid maintenance. Your choice, my choice. But when it comes to choosing car dealerships to deal with, you have to find me. You have to find wherever I am because I have this show here to back you up. You know, buying a vehicle wherever I happen to be working at is one of the safest transactions that you could ever possibly conduct because I hold myself accountable right here on air to you. You can call me 416-870-1050 is a number. Or if you're calling from out of town, is one 591 6876 And because I hold myself to this high standards of selling you vehicles, uh, I can tell you this, that right now you can get a 2020 Nissan Kicks S. If you're a Nissan customer, you can get a 2020 Nissan Kicks S for only 195 a month plus tax with zero dollars down. Folks, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I kid you not. That is the least expensive CUV in the country. And if you happen to live in Oakville and you're thinking about buying your kid, your 16, 17, 18, 19-year-old kid, a Mercedes, a BMW, an Audi, you literally should slap yourself. Don't do it. What What are you teaching your kids? What's wrong with you? What sort of value for money are you teaching them? What are you giving them to strive for? Get them a kicks. <laughs> give them a kick.
2: <laughs> give, give, give them a <laughs> Nissan kicks <laughs> in the in the ass.
1: You, you wanna buy you wanna drive a Mercedes? Give them a kick. <laughs> Get out of here, kid. Here's a kick. <laughs> Get him a Nissan kicks for one ninety-five a month plus tax with zero dollars down, folks. You you should not be buying a high power machine to anybody that didn't pay for it themselves does that make sense it makes sense to me
2: and you shouldn't buy if, a high power machine if you're still paying your mortgage
1: uh, that's luxury cars right you know you should never be driving a luxury car if you still have a mortgage come on what's wrong with you get your priority straight but think about this for a second folks <laughs> what why are you why are you buying Somebody that still lives in your house, that doesn't have a job, a luxury car. Why why are you doing that? Do you realize the example that you're setting for these people? You know, what sort of human you're sending out into the world? You're not doing them any favors. You may be making them look good. And everybody's going to look after them and, you know, look up to them in high school. Oh, look at that. They're driving a Mercedes. Mercedes. They're driving a three series. Oh, yeah. And then what? They peak at high school.
2: <laughs> I, I always it was all Greg,
1: downhill from there.
2: <laughs> Greg, I gotta be honest. Like, um, so my—I don't even know which one it was. It was probably—it must have been uh, my ten-year high school reunion was uh, a couple of years ago, and I personally didn't go. But like, I have a couple friends that went, and my goodness, they were like, "You should have seen some of these guys that were like the, on the king of the pile, like top of the pile in high school, and now they're just like down, down, like down low." Let's say. Like, they're uh, down on their luck. They just, like, they peaked in high school. Like, they were at the top they of the did, heap. They, drived, like, they drove the nice car. You know, they were in the popular group. They, you know, were just, like, wheeling and dealing. And now, 10 years later, it's like they're just, like, a stick in the mud.
1: Dude, it's, it's, it's a common thing. If you give n- nothing to your kids or someone to look forward to, and you, you, you give them everything by high school, then get what do they have to look forward to? You know, I, I see that all the time, and I... You know, in the movie The Rock, Sean Connery says, "You know, losers brag about their best."
2: Yes. Yeah, let's uh, let's cut that off answer. there. Yes. Let's cut the yeah, rest. I, of- I have to cut it off <laughs> there. Let's cut off the rest of that <laughs> quote right there. You know, I
1: I I haven't hit my prime yet, man. I'm still waiting. <laughs> I, I was I was not a late bloomer. I was a late boomer.
2: <laughs> a late boomer. <laughs> Boo. <laughs>
1: Okay, fine, whatever. But anyways, so I don't uh, look, I know that many of you are not going to like me right now. And um, and that's okay, because I really don't care. But I can tell you this. And uh, having lived, I've lived in Oakville longer than I lived in Chile. And I have seen the mistakes that people make when it comes to people trying to do what is best for the kids, but in the process you're rendering them, you know, useless to society because you know what sort of value do they have of money? What appreciation do they have for hard work and sacrifice? No, you're not doing them a favor. You think, oh, I should be no, 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 it's my little pumpkin over here. I'll get them whatever they want. Don't <laughs> Anyways, you know, why am I saying this? You know, I, I, I sell cars for a living and I'm telling you not to buy people these expensive cars because cars are a waste of money, folks. And if you haven't figured this out yet, you probably should. Unfortunately, we need these things. We need these things. We need this really super expensive driveway ornaments. No, it's nothing. Your house, there's nothing that will make your house look nicer than having a $130,000 driveway ornament that sits there 96% of the time collecting dust with bird crap on top of them. What are you doing? Never park your
2: car under a tree. That's the moral of that story. If you're ever in a parking lot and you see that spot that has a uh, the, the little bit of shade and you think, I'm going to park my car over there in the shade because, you know, it's July and it's going to be, you know, super hot when I get in my car and this way it won't be as hot. You got to be ready to take that thing to a car wash after. Because you know when you walk out of that you know, Vaughn mall or wherever, wherever the heck you are that there is going to, your car is going to be completely covered in bird dew.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. You know, bird zap, what is it called? Sap, sap, zap. What is it? You know, the ESL comes up. Sap. There you go. Bird sap is terrible. You can almost, it eats through the clear coat so quickly that you can never get the stuff off. It just looks terrible, especially in trunks and hoods. I think we're talking about two different
2: things. I'm talking about the I mean, the bir- I'm talking about bird poo. I think you're talking about sap off of the actual tree.
1: Yeah, but I mean that's what happens both when are, you park both a car underneath bad. the tree. Nothing good happens when you park a car underneath the tree. Yeah, that's fair. We're both happens. on
2: the same page there
1: we are indeed you know i am uh, if, if you are just tuning in folks this is uh, this is canada's largest automotive radio show and uh, we normally leave the lines open for you so if you have any questions about buying cars selling cars leasing cars trading cars buying a used car buying a new car whether you have a car that you that you want some advice as to you want to keep or trade in or get rid of and how much money the vehicle is worth call me. The number is 416-870-1050. And we are here live every Saturday morning. And if you're calling from out of town, is 1-855-591-6876. And, and believe it or not, the the, the the compass that I use to tell you How I feel towards your decision is is what I would tell a family member. I always say my mom, but, you know, my mom doesn't have a driver's license, so I I could never give her car advice. So if you were a family member and you were asking me this question and I I knew everything that I knew about the car industry throughout my entire career, what would I tell you to do? We all have an uncle. We all have a friend. No, he's bought a few cars in his life. He knows. He knows everything. He doesn't. She doesn't. They don't have a clue. You know, taking advice and car buying from somebody that was buying cars in the 80s and 90s is like. <sighs> it's like taking um, social media advice from somebody that was born in the 40s. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? You know, it does make
2: sense. Yeah, you know, Grandpa Steve has a really good uh, social media presence. He does. <laughs> No, hey, there's is, is some
1: pretty funny. There's some pretty funny grandmas and grandpas on social media, and especially the ones that dance. Well,
2: um, this is, well, but, this is a know, conversation that we were having off air actually was that it's so peculiar that oftentimes, you know, I do think that the younger generations have to respect the elder generations, but oftentimes, like the younger generations can also offer, you know, a different perspective or a different outlook than the older generations, and particularly in a field, for example, like buying cars like the younger generation's, you know, experience can be just as useful. And it seems like that's something that some uh, sometimes people are hesitant to tap into, is uh, the wisdom or the knowledge of someone who is substantially younger than they are.
1: Well, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up because um, I put it here as some of the topics of conversations that we may have today. Um, throughout my whole life, I I have been a pretty... Advo- big a advocate for us looking after our seniors. I do feel that uh, in Western societies and in northern societies, um, we don't do a good job looking after our seniors. We, we just don't. And, uh, you know, I know that this may sound like a blanket generalization because there are many, many, many people that, uh, you know, when their grandparents and, and parents, they get a little bit old, they take them in and they look after the family. The clan looks after the, the elders. Um, but for the most part, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. The, in all the years that I lived in the previous, my previous country, I never knew of the existence of a senior home. It, it, it's not a thing. You know, it, is, that, is that a weird thing to hear, Ken? I'm not saying that they don't exist, but I'm saying that I never saw one. I, never, I was never aware that there was such a thing as a senior's home.
2: A senior's home? You've yeah, never like heard of that way- before?
1: No, until I came. It's a, it's a North American thing.
2: Oh, is it? Like, I guess that we've just I've just been brought up in a in society where that's just kind of a normal thing where yeah, like where the you, seniors, they you, go retire you know, there. Get and, old
1: and you shove them in a the home so you don't have to see them again and put up with their, you know, with their remarks. Oh, we're talking their... about
2: we're talking about like those. Yeah. So what my uh, my grandparents are on like one side of my family, when they got a little bit older, they kind of moved into like a senior's community where it wasn't like a seniors home it was just kind of you know a nicer area of it was actually in Niagara it was like a nicer area where they just like lived in a community and there was like other seniors who lived there and they Dude, were all that's the retired not
1: that's that, not a thing that's not
2: a thing anywhere else no
1: it's not a thing <laughs> well it's i guess a, like on
2: a, a, th- a lot of other cultures like you were saying before though it's very common that people will just you know have the older generations grow up in their own home like my neighbors are like they have three generations of people maybe four generations living in that house and it's just it's just a normal thing for them i see grandma and then i see the what i expect what I must assume is like the great grandchild like coming in and out of the same house i'm like wow that's pretty interesting it's something that's not really common anymore in north american society
1: it, it is not and in- when I tell you this, it's not it's not a thing in in most other places. At least at my um, you know economical strata back home, which was not particularly high, but we have, yeah we're still exposed to you know society by and large through TV. Although you know it's not something that it was a big thing back in the day when I was there. Um, Seniors' home or retirement homes or, or seniors' neighbourhoods and whatnot was not a thing. So I've always been a pretty big advocate of looking after our seniors. But before I carry on with this seniors' rant, um, we have a phone call here. Who do we have on the line, Ken?
2: Let's go to Greg from Toronto. Greg, you're on The Greg Carrasco Show.
1: Greg oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah, I've got a uh, quick
4: question. i got a 78 Austin Mini, and I need, uh, I'm trying to find somebody to uh, uh, replace the uh, transmission. And for the a life 78? of me, I can't find anybody in Toronto who could do it.
1: That's going to be hard, man. That is going to be very, very, very hard. Yeah, they can't um, even
4: work on carburetors for kind of loud.
1: No, and, and this is what's happening. I mean, we don't have... <sighs> I know the word mechanic is, is 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 overused. You don't have mechanics anymore. There aren't very many of them left. What you have today and is they just technicians. They plug in a computer, and that's it. Yeah, they're technicians. I mean, we have consoles. I mean, those things are so expensive right now. Uh, to get a, a proper console at a car dealer. so you're talking twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars. So a, a lot of the old school mechanics are having a really tough time being able to plug themselves into the systems and. Uh, fixing older vehicles is becoming more and more of a specialized thing that uh, people will send their vehicles away to have people work on, on their product. You know, it's so, it's so interesting because um, I, uh, I had a 2006-06 at uh, the dealership for the last few months. I was ha- hanging on to it intentionally because I knew the spring market was going to be strong this year. And um, the, there was a company in the U.S. that is called Kytec, I think. Kytec? Kytec? Kytec. They only do Corvettes. And uh, people send their vehicles from all over the world to, yeah. <laughs> to the U.S. to get them tuned and get them done. So if you if you really like this thing that you have, you may want to have a, a look in the U.S. and see if there are some specialized or specialty mechanics that deal with specifically with this um, with this type of machines. Because uh, if you're having a tough time here in Southern Ontario, you're going to have a tough time across the country.
4: Yeah. Well, apparently there's a place in B.C. and uh, obviously California, Mini Mania. That means I have to ship it out there, but.
1: Yeah, but I. What? Uh, can you tell me the car again?
4: It's a 1978 I, Austin Mini, uh, classic. Austin Mini.
1: Mini. And uh, how many kilometers does it have?
4: Well, who knows? There are several new engines, but. Uh, I oh know, yeah, I know 10, the car. Ten yeah, I, I thousand kilometers.
1: Yeah. I, I know the vehicle. I don't. I don't know. Look, I mean, that's more of a romantic thing that you have. Uh, it's not a high performance. It's not a high looker. It's well, just like... Oh, like, it's high performance.
4: It's, faster than my Audi. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you know, there is not a single seat belt in that car. So. <laughs> <laughs> not, does it? Does it have seat belts?
4: Yeah, yeah, they work sometimes. Yeah.
1: They do work sometimes. You know, I I, the only thing I can tell you is this: that you you need to expand your search because I don't think that you're going to find very many people that are going to be able to work on that mini. Now, because of the size of the vehicle, you're going to be able to have a a, a lesser of a tough time uh, shipping it somewhere for them to work on it. But I don't know how much money you want to invest in this thing because they're not popular vehicles in the um, in the collector's or. Or the antique vehicle market—they're not; it's, it's not a thing. You know what I mean? Is this is just a personal hobby that you have, and you're gonna sink some money? Well, into it's it. about
4: twenty grand now uh, appraised. So, is, well if i it used works. to have about ten years ago. I used to have a mechanic out, and I think it was Stony Creek or something. I think he passed away, but
1: you know what? What I can do is that if you call me after the show, and when I'm at the office this afternoon, I can talk to my—I uh, uh, can talk to my uh, my service director, uh, Tom technical Tom, and I'll ask him if he knows anyone that works in those cars, and then I can maybe point you in the right direction. Okay, Greg? Well,
5: That'd be fantastic.
1: Okay, thank you, Greggy. So call me after the show. 905-467-0727 is my direct line. Not at the show right now. That's that's my phone number after the show. And if you have a question about your car and the car that you want to fix or trade or sell, uh, call me on the show this morning. Four one six eight seven zero ten fifty is the number. And if you call him from out of town, 591 6876 And like I said to you before, you are you are welcome. I invite you to disagree with me. You know, just just I invite you to come and challenge my ideas just make sure that you have some good arguments because and, oh and a thick skin because this is what happens you know inevitably can you see my phone is ringing it happens every single time this happens phone every s- time
2: we brought the phone number whether it's you whether it's mike whether it's whoever and the funnier thing for mike <laughs> is like when we give out his phone number he's on that phone He's on that phone, he's calling into the show, and then everybody's just blowing up his phone. Anyways, yeah, give him a call after the show, at least uh, at least for your phone. It's not going to interrupt too many things. Let's get to a call that we uh, were having some connectivity issues a little bit earlier. Let's go to Lou from Oakville. Lou, you're hey, back buddy, on the Lou. Greg Carrasco show. Lou, what's hey, happening?
6: Ken, hey, Greg, Ken, great to be with you guys. Uh, I was listening to your show earlier, and you were on fire uh, with the career advice because, you know, when I was teaching at Sheridan, uh, I always used to tell my students, you know, you can do whatever you want in life, right? You are free to choose a career. However, some careers cannot reward you the way you may want to be rewarded, no matter how smart you are, no matter how hard you work, no matter how long you work, you cannot get it from certain rocks, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. And, Greg, you were talking about the spread on your sales floor. Sales, number one, has no limit, right? You were talking about somebody making it. Pardon me?
1: No ceiling, and, and it's something that you don't find very often in in, in the market today. Look at it this way: the average engineer in Canada makes about sixty eight thousand dollars a year. The average accountant makes like makes like fifty three thousand dollars a year. The average lawyer makes seventy thousand dollars a year. And I'm not saying that those are uh, those, those are not bad monies, yeah, of course they are. However, in order for you to get to the upper echelons of any one of those professional those careers, you need to spend decades working your way up through the corporate ladder until you get the possibility of maybe one day becoming a partner, maybe one day having your own practice. But in sales, Lou, that could happen to a kid that just came out of high school. <laughs> it all has to well, do with it, the result.
6: It depends on the training. It depends mm-hmm. on the focus. It depends on the energy of that individual, right? And a lot of people get into sales and they don't realize what kind of focus you got to have in order to convert and meet the objective. Like you set objectives for your sales team, right? And as long as they understand this is the way we do the sales process, then they should be successful, right?
1: Uh, that's the only way that it works. And you know, one of the number one points that I put in there that if you have the person that is teaching the process that does never go into the sales floor and see if their sword cuts, then you don't have a good process. Because if, if that process doesn't work for the most experienced person that you should technically have working at the store, then it's not going to work for the rookies. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, No. Very, so I, I don't get a lot of love when I say those things, Lou. But you can understand why that is, right? Yeah, no, I
6: I think that you know, yeah, you you build an expert system not for the best but for the worst, that you want to bring up into the best or the upper echelons, as you say it. So, you know, the first hour, you know, it was like, for me anyway, it was, you know, like a master class in human resources. What do we do with humans? We develop humans as long as they want to be developed, right? I'm sure you've had people that you had to give up on, right? They just didn't get the message,
1: they they didn't. And, you know, I, I never really let somebody go because of personal reasons. I always feel that when I when I redirect somebody's career away from where they are, I'm, I'm actually making a decision that they are unable to make themselves. It, it all, for me, it's all to do with thriving. Sometimes you have awesome people that are just unable to thrive in this current environment. And, you know, I, I'm one of the worst for this, Lou. I always think it's my fault. It's my fault. It's my fault. And I, But unfortunately, I'm running the organization, so it's a lot easier to relocate that person than it is to relocate me. <laughs> so I help people in the transition. But uh, it's never really a personal choice that I make. It's, it's got a lot to do with the right allocation of the assets and until you try some people out in different areas within your organization and you have a dealership i like to think that i'm committed to see people win so when somebody works and they apply for a specific position, you know it doesn't mean that I'm going to keep them there forever. I just move them around and see where they fit best. And sometimes, in I have been very lucky, Lou, because uh, over the years I I have am- amassed this group of people that are just experts in their field, and uh, they work for me. And I, I'm constantly trying to train my replacement. That is my job. I want to train somebody that would actually take my job one day, and uh, or or
6: maybe go to another dealer, right? Like uh, within not? the Nissan family, right?
1: Why not? But, uh, you know, I, I'm glad that, uh, that you find that interesting because, you know, I know that you taught business class at uh, Sheridan for a long time. So when yeah. somebody like you is, uh, is taking some value, in what I'm saying here in the first hour, that makes me super happy, Lou Makes me super happy.
6: Hey, Greg, you know, uh, like I said, I advise people to listen to your show because it's not only about cars and, uh, you know, the value of cars. I mean, clearly we all own them. We have to maintain them. We have to pay for them. I mean, there's all those lessons. But, you know, when you have Money Mike on talking about money issues, about families and so on, I get a lot out of that too because, you know, even though I have a background in finance, it's always good to be reminded of things that you need to look at again and again and again.
1: And on that note, I think that you are going to love a guest that I have after 10 o'clock. You know, what's happening with the real estate market in the city is crazy. So I have a very good friend of mine that I've known for, I don't know, 15 or so years that uh, is a real estate agent that's going to come and try to explain to us this phenomenon that's happening in southern Ontario. So you may want to stay tuned. Lou, that's the happy capitalist. Lou, thank you so much for calling the Carrasco Show, man. I really appreciate your thoughts on this.
6: Greg, love you. Talk to you and soon. Ken,
2: enjoy the day. Happy capitalism. Yeah, thanks, Lou.
1: <laughs> Same to you, Lou. We have a bunch of phone calls here. Let's go to the next call here, I okay? can
2: Yeah, let's go to Robert from Oakville. Robert, you're on The Red Carrasco Show.
1: Robert, what's happening? Rob? Do we have Rob, or he's just... No, let's go to the next one. It sounds, caller sounds like he's driving. Can...
2: It sounds like Robert's like driving down the 401 with his windows rolled down. And
1: the sunroof, maybe he's uh, driving uh, a convertible, you know, with the top down. The Chrysler uh, let's Sebring go to the next 2001
2: caller. Chrysler Sebring convertible driving down the QEW. Who's next? Let's go to Jim from Pickering. Hey Jim. Jim.
1: How are you? I think that we need to, uh, you know, let's. Yeah. Why don't we get our phone lines? Yeah, straightened let's. Yeah, out we you will know. we'll take a
2: we'll take a reset. Let's uh, take a quick a quick break here, and we'll, we'll, do uh, that. we'll sort out we'll sort out what's going on with the phone lines because it seems like we're having some tec- <laughs> some some technical technical issues here
1: difficulties. Folks, don't forget that the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And right now, you can get the least expensive CUB in the country at 2020 Nissan Kicks S. If you're a customer of Nissan, for $195 plus tax, $0 down. If you have a call, the number to use is 416-870-1050. We'll be right back after the break. And we're back. If you were just tuning in, folks, you are listening to the Greg Carrasco Show, Canada's Largest automotive radio show here with my friend Ken Stapen, and uh, if you have a if you have a beef, if you have a question, if you want to argue with me for no reason, that's okay. I I'm I'm okay with it. Call me. 416-870-1050 is the number and if you're calling from out of town it's 1-855-591-6876 and uh, if you missed the first part of the show we were talking about the five top signs that you're working at the wrong dealership and uh, you're going to be able to listen to that on your own time so all you need to do is go to apple podcast subscribe to the podcast and you can get the contents of the show every week and you don't have to listen to commercials you don't have to do anything just commercial free straight content it's a it's a pretty uh, entertaining podcast if i may say so myself what do you think about that ken you know it's
2: we're, yeah, we're uh, pretty funny sometimes hey listen i i'm the guy that produces that podcast right after we're done here to do, do a little a uh, little bit of editing myself so yeah it's like, if anybody misses any part of the show you can either find it through apple through wherever you get your favorite podcasters, or through the tsn 1050 website we post every episode at the conclusion of the show as well let's go back to the phone lines mike from barry mike you're on the greg carrasco show
7: Hey, hey morning, Mike, what's friends? happening? Uh, not much. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller.
1: Thank you, man. I, I, you know, we love you. Right back, brother. How can we make your life better today?
7: So I've got a uh, 2011 uh, G37 IPL. Um, okay.
1: It's
7: got 45,000 kilometers. Um, I have a buyer.
8: Uh-huh.
7: Uh, I'm looking for something to replace it. It's it's a six-speed. I really enjoy manual. Um what can I get that is comparable to that in a manual?
1: That's gonna to be tough. And why do you need to get rid of it? I'm just curious.
7: Um, you know, I I, I sold it for the right price. Um, well, I'm selling it for the right price. Uh, I'm meeting up with him today, uh, he's, I'm gonna to get a twenty-four or five for
1: it. Oh wow, I mean, that's a lot. It,
7: well, is it, it? A convertible?
1: Imagine.
7: No, no,
1: it's uh, it's just a regular coupe.
7: Yeah, it's, it's like it's only forty-five thousand kilometers. I don't drive it enough. Uh, yeah. I'd rather let somebody else enjoy it. But I like you the mean, manual, and I'm looking for I, something
1: like that. I um, you know, I am gonna have to give that some thought. Uh, and the main reason why I say that for for those of you folks that don't know what an IPL is, that um, Infinity uh, during the I don't know early two thousand and. 2012 2013 they came up with something they call the infinity performance line and now it's called the i line uh, it's still there but uh, um, it's like uh, the m series or the amg and whatnot so you get additional horsepower additional performance different suspension you know different seats and whatnot and um, I-, I had a convertible IPL that i loved it was a phenomenal vehicle and uh, there's still some of the most reliable vehicles on the planet but i really have to give that some thought man i um I want to think about what, what I would do to replace that, because I would steer away from BMWs. They're not what they used to be. Mercedes are not fun, uh, and I don't even think that they make a, uh, a, a comparable with stick. Uh, so, you know, I'm, my head is, is going towards the Audi um, you know, direction, but I need to give that some thought in order for me to give you an educated opinion on that one. Uh, and you are not going to consider a manual transmission, are you? manual yeah absolutely that's what i have i mean no, pardon part the... of me automatic transmission you know i saw the one you got on your on, on your
7: dealership that blue one i think it's it's beautiful but it's 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 automatic
1: but you see he, here is the thing uh mike and and i i i have to really share this with you because i i have worked my experience into uh looking at the car business objectively and the, the reality is this When the GTR changed my mind, because there's nothing that I can do as a human that that I can do to shift gears faster than I can, than than automatic transmission can in the GTR. And uh, the the reality is that it's it's all a romantic thing that happens. And uh, whenever you go into the sequential um, Tiptronic sport shift that you have with all our product now, um, it's not that much of a difference. And that you can maximize the performance of the car and you focus on driving the vehicle as opposed to getting stuck in traffic and whatnot. Now, you don't drive it enough. That's the one thing that I can say to you. So, you know, 45,000 kilometers in a 2011 is not a lot of kilometers. So you're driving 5,000 kilometers a year, if that. So I can understand why you would want a manual transmission. But saying what I'm saying to you, that, you know, somebody came to see that, uh, that. um red sport uh, blue that we have on the uh, on the lot. And I drove it yesterday. And that thing is fast. That thing outperforms any IPL that was ever produced. So you know, my suggestion to you is this: before you move away from your beloved infinity IPL, you need to give that car a chance. Give it a chance, put it in the full manual mode, and you're going to see what it does for you. And after that, you still feel that you want a manual transmission, then I'll say, Okay, fine, I'll help you find one. What do you think?
7: I think it's some great advice. And uh, do I need to book uh, an appointment to come and see that vehicle?
1: You know, just come and see me, and, and what I can do is that I can give you the vehicle for a few hours so you can actually inject it into your life and drive it. So, you know, just come and see me. Make sure that I'm there so I can meet you, and uh, I'll give you the vehicle. You can drive it, and you can make your own decisions because, uh, you know, IPL drivers understand what they're getting, and the new Q60 is one of the most underrated luxury coupes in the marketplace right now. They're phenomenal cars, and they're so fast. So, you know, come and see me, and we'll look after you, Mike, okay? What time are you there? After Greg, say? Um, I should be there at around, I would say, 1, one thirty, because I still need to get changed and stuff and, and leave from here for the office. So just come and see me this afternoon. I'm there until closing.
2: You're awesome. Thanks, Greg. Great show. Thanks,
1: brother. Yeah, who is next on
2: the line, uh, Ken? Let's go to Jim from Pickering. Jim, you're on Jim, The Greg
1: Grasco Show. Hey, Greg, how are you? <laughs> I'm okay, Jim. How's it going?
0: Hear uh, I heard you before, but you didn't hear me. So Beautiful. anyway, uh, great. Funny, I did see that Q60... It was something I was going to ask you about, but it wasn't uh, earlier in the week. But you know, it looks like the G37 used to look.
1: Um, well, that's that was the idea, or no? You know, well, once you see it side by side, you you, you understand how different the machines are. But you see, every car manufacturer has family lines. You know, whether it's the uh, the, the curve underneath the window, whether it's the 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 hood uh, curves or the back end or the lights or something, uh, there there is some family resemblance. So if you look at the old G thirty five and the old G thirty seven coupe, and you put it right beside the Q sixty, you will see how that that unit has evolved throughout the year. And I I, I got to tell you man that that q60 is absolutely stunning to look at i every time i get into that infinity showroom there at oakville infinity i want to drive that car like i i I need it i don't but i feel like i i need it i want it the problem is that it doesn't fit into my life anymore so that's the only reason why i'm not driving the vehicle right now
0: okay and greg Greg, I want to mention, I'll just make a comment on a couple of calls you had. They were really good, and they were, it it was, so a shout out to Allie. I remember that day Allie called, and you had to take a break. I knew, because I know after all is said and done, you want to make a difference in a positive way. Do you remember that call from Allie?
1: I I don't think I could forget it, and that's, uh, you know, thank you for noticing that. You know, the reality is this. Uh, Jim, that every time I come on the show here, uh, you know, I have a lot of strong opinions in in many different things, but they all come from a good place. I just want to make a difference in somebody's life to help them make a better decision. That's it. And uh, when it comes to the businesses that I run, I try to give the consumer a a safe environment. And that is the basis of what I do. Uh, This is, you know, my time now. I've been almost three decades into this job. The time for me to build it, I'm already the VP of a corporation. I don't need to build it anymore. And I don't want to own a car dealership so now it's about giving back to the community whether i do it through the radio show or i do it by looking after you guys when you come and see me at the store i'm always there so now it's about giving back and in the process people are recognizing this and they are you know jim i can tell you man oakville Nissan and oakville infinity they're so busy right now we are punching way above our league we we have almost a 20 percent market share in oakville which is unheard of you know we are the only local a uh, Nissan store that is outselling the local Honda store on a regular basis. What? That's crazy, and uh, I think that people is are listening to what we're doing here and uh, it's resonating, and they're coming to the store and rewarding us with their business. And I I, I love everybody except two people, but that's a different conversation. Um, thank you so question, for so much for joining. Can I
0: ask a question?
1: Yeah, a quick one because uh, okay, like to go I've in for always another call.
0: wondered why why. A 27-month lease, right? Why a 20? And it's a manufacturer must do it, but but why 20? What an odd, you know, short period of time. And I keep my cars a long time. What are they planning to do with all those cars when they come off lease?
1: Okay, so I, I will answer that question. Thank you so much for the phone call, Jim. Um, the uh, What happens is that sometimes, because the residual has such a huge impact on the monthly payments that we can offer the consumer, sometimes you are allowed to enhance or lengthen that leads to 27 months and you get the higher residual but the lower payment of the next bracket so this is is an attempt for car manufacturers to kind of game their own system and give you a lower payment with a higher residual for a longer period of time so it's not a bad thing i think that infinity does it all the time and it, it gives the consumer a great great alternative to the somewhere in between 24 and 36 months but who do we have next on the uh, on the line here ken
2: let's go to don don you're on the great Carrasco show
1: good don. morning gentlemen Hey, how are you? How can we make your life better this morning, Don?
6: I got a, I got a comment and I got a question. First, Please. the comment or the question?
1: Uh, whatever you want, man. It's, this is about you, so I'm, I'm with you. Just talk to me. All
6: right. I agree with what you said about mom and dad buying you know their kids a nice, expensive, high-powered car. Um, it's crazy, but I totally agree with
8: what you said.
1: Well, thank you. And I see it time and time and time again. And it doesn't matter what I tell these folks. They just, they won't listen to me, man. They won't listen to me. You know, I can buy my kids whatever I want. But I refuse to. My son that's graduating from USFT right now, he's still driving his Elantra, uh, which he loves. My daughter would not allow me to get involved. So she bought herself. She saved money and bought herself a used car. And uh, my little guy is still, you know, he's not, uh, he's getting his driver's license in about eight months or so. But uh, he... You know, he, he says that he doesn't want a car yet. And uh, again, it's, it's a bad idea to, you know, to give your kids stuff that they couldn't afford themselves. It's a very, I, very, very bad idea. But what is, uh, what is your
6: question now? All right. Question is, we got a CRV, a 2012 CRV, but we want okay. to uh, buy something a little bit bigger to be able to tow 3,000 pounds. Okay. Got a budget of 20,000, and it's going to be a used car. What are you recommending? <sighs>
1: 20,000 budget, 3,000 pound towing capacity. Mm, that's gonna be tough. Uh, there was a few contenders there. Um, you can probably get yourself a Santa Fe, um, what was it called? It was their V6, XL. Uh, you can get yourself a 2016 17 Santa Fe XL. It's got a 3.3 liter engine. Uh, it can tow up to 5,000 pounds. Uh, a okay. very, very reliable vehicle. That car there is one of the most underrated uh, SUVs in the marketplace. And, uh, you know, people don't even think about it anymore because they don't make it. Uh, but I can tell you this I sold them. People love them. Uh, it replaced the old, um, folks, I have to remember all these things on air, the old Santa Cruz, I think. And, uh, is phenomenal. Uh, the second one that you should look at is the the Pathfinder. Uh, you know, our Pathfinder, the, the current generation is not the most attractive one that they've ever made, but I can tell you, it's a good vehicle. It's got uh, the reliable VQ uh, engine series, it's a V6. You can tow up to five or 6,000 pounds with that thing. And because the new one is coming within the next couple of months, you can get some really crazy deals on the current model uh, Pathfinder. So, and that one goes back quite a few years. I think that I would keep it around that because I was going to suggest that you get a Highlander or a Honda Pilot, Yeah. but unfortunately, because those cars are so crazy expensive, now you're going to have to go significantly older to yeah. get yourself something reasonable. And uh, whereas you can buy a, a two-year-old, maybe two to three-year-old Santa Fe XL or Nissan Pathfinder, you're going to have to go to four years or five years old Pilot or Highlander. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I think that I would recommend those two vehicles right now. I mean, off the top of my head, of course, without looking at anything else, and staying within the towing capacity parameters and in uh, um, uh, price range, I think that those are the two that I would look at.
6: Okay. Appreciate your your info. Let's grab some homework. Thank you so there.
1: much, and and stay tuned. Don't uh, keep on listening. Thank you so much for uh, allowing me to help you with your life. Now, do we need to take another break, uh, Ken? Or um, or, or we have to... Uh, we have no, to let's
2: break here, and then we'll reset for the final segment of the hour.
1: Okay, folks, uh, Folks, if you want to call me, 416-870-1050 is the, is the number to call. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, home of the no commission salespeople. I'm always there. I have no life. So if you want to pick my brain in relation to a car buying decision or anything else, uh, there's only one price that you need to pay, and it's an Americano. Don't show up empty-handed. Don't be selfish. We'll be right back after the break. Incarnation is back. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to the Greg Carrasco Show, Canada's largest automotive radio show that is mostly not about cars, with my friend here, Ken Stapen, We come to you every Saturday morning from 8 a.m. until 11 a.m., and we talk about anything you want to talk about. If you want to call me and discuss your life and your problems, you can do it. 416-870-1050. If you're calling from Autotown, it's 1-855-591-6876. And we are here for you. We don't know what we're doing either. We're just trying to figure this out as we go along. So you're not alone. You are not alone. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, home of the no commission salespeople. And uh, this is 2021, folks. If you're still paying commission, when you buy a car, you're leaving money on the table for absolutely no reason. There's no reason why you should be paying commission when you're buying a car right now, when you have dealerships that are no commission. So Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity is is here for you. We'll look after you. You don't have to worry ever about somebody trying to sell you more than you should get. And uh, we are here for you. You know, it's amazing what happens when you do live radio, because... uh, all my system here at home are shut down. My computer is down. My lineup for the show is down. I can I have no idea who's calling in. Nothing. So I understand that we have a caller right now, Ken.
2: Yeah, don't worry. That's why we're here to steer the ship. We seem to have things under control now. Uh, let's go to Vanessa from Bolton. Hey, Vanessa, how are you?
9: Hey, Greg, I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you. Uh, you know, I'm gonna do my best uh, to help you. You know, we, we're having some sort of technical difficulty right now with the computers, but uh, you know, there is a lot of information that I happen to retain, so I'm gonna try to help you. Uh, tell okay. me, what can we do for you?
9: So I have a 2015 golf. I leased it when I was a student. Now I leased to finance it. And mm-hmm. I, I think I have what, about Hold on a second, a second, hold on
1: a second, hold on a second. What do you mean that you leased it to finance it?
9: So I leased it, and then once the lease was over, I financed the car, like I bought the car, because at that time I just didn't know what I wanted or what I wanted to get into, and the uh-huh. payments were quite low. But now, um, you know, I still owe about six or seven k on it, and I want to get into an SUV. So I'm just wondering what you think would be the best way to go about doing it.
1: Okay, so it's a 2015, how much money do you owe?
9: I owe about 6000
1: left. less. Oh, so you know, how many kilometers do you have?
9: Uh, about
1: 140000 You know, you're in, you're in a pretty good position. Uh, your name is Vanessa, right?
9: Yeah.
1: Okay, you're in a pretty good position, and, and the main reason why is that, you see, your vehicle is probably worth what you owe. Uh, you know, unfortunately, my computers are all down, so I want do an appraisal for you online. Uh, the vehicle is worth what you owe, so you're going to be able to trade in that car... Uh, use the excise tax break. So whatever you get for the trade, you're not going to pay taxes on. So you're going to you're going to save 15% or pardon me, 13% on whatever monies uh, the trading value is, uh, which will be enough to clear your loan out. So there will be a, an, a, an actual capital cost reduction on on the trading. So you, you're in a pretty good spot. Now, what sort of SUV are you looking at?
9: So I really like the Honda CRV. Uh, to be honest, I, I wanted to spend like around five hundred dollars a month the problem is that right now i'm driving quite a bit for work but in the next year i won't be i'll be working closer to home so i don't know if i should like lease something or finance or i'm not really sure what to do
1: um what i can tell you is this that if you were driving 25 to thirty thousand kilometers a year on a consistent basis leasing may not be a bad thing for you but if you're planning to drive significantly less under no circumstance, Vanessa, uh, lease a vehicle. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, and the main reason why I say this is because you're going to have a vehicle that virtually has no kilometers because there is there is a restriction in the minimum amount of kilometers that they will sell you at the manufacturer level. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, and you don't want to do that now. Believe it or not, I'm a, I'm one of the biggest fans of the Honda CRV. I, I really love the brand. I love the product. I love the nameplate CRV. Unfortunately, that CRV right now is getting a little bit long in the tooth. Uh, it hasn't been redesigned for a very, very long time, and they're having a tough time right now. Honda, I don't know what's happening with Honda. Um, right. it's, it's not a good time. So, you know, I, I have to tell you this because I, I do yeah. believe that, uh, that that things are changing right now. So, when it comes to Japanese mid SUVs, you have the CRV, the RAV4, and the Nissan. Rogue, The Nissan Rogue just won the Ajax midsize SUV Canadian uh, of the year, Canadian vehicle of the year. And uh, once you drive it, you're going to see that not only you're going to get the most advanced tech on that, on that segment, but also the least amount of money. So, you know, why don't you come down and see it? I I would advise that you drive them both. You still drive the CRV and, you know, you always need to give the the opportunity for those people to just blow your mind away. Don't allow yourself to be pressured into a sale. Just drive it. And then you come down to see me and I'll give you the, the new 2021 Rogue for you to drive for a few hours. Just take it. You see, my people my people are not on commission, so, you know, it doesn't matter. They're going to get paid anyways, whether you buy the vehicle or not. <laughs> but it's important okay. that you get this out of your system and drive it and taste it. Because until you do that, it's very difficult to make a decision. But I would not yeah. least, if you're, if you're going to be reducing the number of kilometers that you drive in significantly right. next year, it's not a good idea. Um, right. You know, why don't you just come and see me?
9: Sounds good.
1: Awesome. Just you know, make sure that I'm there. Uh, I'm, okay. I'm was there for the for the most part, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to meeting you. And hopefully, we can uh, make a difference in your life. Okay. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Um, Ken, do we um, do we take another call, or do we go for uh, do we break for the hour? No,
2: let's take another call here. We can squeeze one in for before the top of the hour. Let's go to Mike from St. Catharines. Mike, you're on the Greg Carrasco show.
1: Hey, man. Hello. Hi. How are
10: you? Hi, Greg. Thanks very much uh, for taking my call. Um, Here's the deal. I have a 1994 Mercedes-Benz SL600 that needs work, but um, it's uh, very low mileage. It's a Florida car. It has about 38,000 miles on it.
1: It's an SL600? don't
10: know know what the kilometers are, but um, 38,000 miles. Uh, Needs work on its uh, hydraulic suspension. I was considering changing it to a standard suspension. Um, Uh And also needs rewiring thanks to um, mice in my garage. That's another story.
1: Okay, so hold on a second. Let me understand. So it's a 2004 SL600. It's a 1994.
10: Oh, 1994. Okay. SL600, the 12-cylinder. My question is this, Greg. um, Should I, A... Um, price out what the um, uh, repairs are I don't drive it at all or B what should I ask for it
1: are you sitting down (laughs) I am (laughs) Uh, you know the wiring harness alone on that car is going to be crippling enough that it doesn't matter how much you get for it you're never going to be able to get your money back. It's just not going to happen. I mean, have you gotten any quotes on the uh, on the harness yet?
10: Not, not yet. No.
1: No. If first. I had to, if I had to guess, I'm, you're talking eleven, twelve thousand dollars for the wiring harness.
10: Oh my goodness!
1: I'm not joking. You see, the the wiring harness is so complex that they need to take virtually the vehicle apart. So I would I would like to get a little bit more background on on, on this vehicle and, and what the problems are. And if you're not driving it a lot, you know, the fact that it comes from the US just kills the resale value because American cars really don't hold their value up here and vice versa. So, you know, that that alone will kill it. And number two, the wiring harness is going to it's one of those things. It's like the nervous system of your vehicle. <laughs> You, you may replace it, and you're gonna have a twitch, like a nervous twitch, for the rest of your life. And whether that shows on a window that goes up or down, or a clicker that doesn't work, or the trunk that keeps on opening, you 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 think that you have a possessed car. By the time it's all said and done, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would do it if I were you, man. It's just too much of a risk. Do you know what I'm saying?
10: Yeah, I think I do. Are you so, saying you know, it should be uh, junked?
1: Uh, you know, no, I'm not saying that yet. So like I said to you before, I want to get a little bit more, more background on this vehicle because, you know, they're interesting pieces, right? The vehicle is 26 years old, so it, it's an interesting piece. So I, I would like to talk to my, my, uh, my technical advisor, um, you know, technical Tom. We're going to start bringing him here on the show from time to time. I just don't want to turn the, the show into a tech Show because this is not what I do. I don't have any interest in that. But sometimes, you know, he's the expert and I'm not. So I will talk to my my technical Tom, the advisor, and uh, I will give you a shout after the show so we can decide what to do. Okay?
10: Thanks very much. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, no, my my pleasure. Uh, folks, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show here, Canada's largest automotive radio show, and the show is brought to you by Oakville Infinity. And for the month of March, you can get what, in my opinion, is the absolute best mid-sized luxury SUV for only $4.99 a month plus tax with only $2,000 down. That is the Infinity QX50. So if you're looking at a Q5, a Lexus NX, if you're looking at an Acura RDX, don't you need to come down and see me at oakville infinity because oakville drives infinities stay tuned we'll be right back after the break and we are back you are listening to the greg carrasco show here canada's largest automotive radio show and uh, you know interesting uh, to do radio from home because uh, if your system's crash, you're done and right now we are flying blind folks so i'm going to try to do whatever i can with the content that's accumulated in my head all the scripts everything that we have here planned for you is, is all been erased so i don't know uh, what exactly has taken place but i'm going to try to help you either way um we have somebody on the line uh, who do we have on the line
2: let's go to michael from oakville michael you're on the greg carrasco show
1: hey michael how right. are you good how you doing i'm very well thank, thank you how can we make your life easier today
3: uh, I hope you can make it easier I got two questions for you I'll make them quick my okay. son is 17 he's yep. been working since 14 and he managed to save $20,000 Okay. and he wants to get a Jeep Wrangler oh, boy. but he wants to spend 20000 and I think it's too much money but he worked hard for it what would you think?
1: Well, there were two, there were two arguments on that one, right? So, if you are going to make a mistake, you want to make him early. <laughs> so, and uh, you know, if, if he saved the money, um, you know, it's something you you will may not be able to curb that desire to, uh, for him to get a Wrangler. All I can tell you is this: that a Jeep Wrangler is not an inexpensive proposition. You know, know. buying it is one thing. The other one is to maintain it. Uh, Those things are thirsty. They drink a lot of gas. Uh, The maintenance cost for a Wrangler is not um, inexpensive, to say the least. Also, because they retain their value so beyond any logical uh, explanation, you have to go pretty old in order for you to get a Wrangler for $20,000. So, you know, it It blows me away. No, man. uh, It defies any logic, any financial logic. Those Jeep Wranglers, they're terrible vehicles. They're cool, but they're terrible. And uh, I don't I can't explain to you how how little sense it makes. But uh, again, I mean, if if this is what he wants, you know, what I was going to do is that I was going to try to find a compound interest calculator because, uh, you know, once i once I did this formula to to my salespeople, and I do this all the time, and It's uh, it's fascinating what happens. I don't know if you've ever done this exercise with your kids. Have you? Uh, compound interest. No. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. So if you put twenty thousand, yeah, if you put twenty thousand dollars as an initial investment, and uh, you do nothing, and you get let's say an average seven percent, which you actually can get right now, okay and you do a semi annual compound calculation how old is he he's um he's 20 right 17 17 let's say that he's 20 let's say that he's you know he's fine 17 so you let's say that he grows the money until he is 60 so he's going to have 43 years to grow those $20,000 um that money's going to turn into $385,000 if he just shoves it in the bank and doesn't touch it for the rest of his days so, you know, it's not, he's not buying just a $20,000 car. He's, you know, he's stepping away from something far more important. Look at it this way. Right now you can get a kick for 195 bucks a month. I know it's not as cool as a Jeep, but it's also 195 bucks a month. So, you know, I would try to discourage that as much as I can, but also, you know, sometimes you need to allow your kids to make a mistake. Yeah. Does that make sense? It
3: does. So you given I, I would probably, because I don't know the answer, so I don't, I don't know.
1: Um, you know, if, look, if, 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 if my 17 year old came to me and said, dad, I want to buy myself a Wrangler, I would say you're crazy. If you want to do it, you know, you're on your own, you're on your own. Don't, I don't want to, I, I don't want you to ask me for help afterwards. I'm going to, I'm going to try to help you make the best possible decision. I disagree with what you're doing, but if you think that you are strong enough and old enough for you to make that kind of decision, I don't want to hear about it a year from now when you have to re, you know, replace a transmission and you can't afford it. You see what I'm saying? So I mean, there is only so much that you can influence your kids. At some point you need to let them fall. when when my son I'm
3: not going to force him to not do it.
1: No, no, no. It's never a good idea to force him. And, you know, and and believe it or not, I, I I didn't have that much of a different situation with my son when he turned 17. I I had a Jeep Wrangler. I had a um, unlimited Sahara that I paid almost 50 Gs. It's the only car that I've ever bought myself new. I I bought it. I loved the thing. It was stupid. It made no sense. It had the, you know, the aerodynamics of a piano. (laughs) It was terrible. It wobbles, it shakes, it's loud, it's, it's, it's silly, but it was cool. So anyways, when, uh, when I had the vehicle, I had to make a decision whether I, to give that car to my son when he was off to university or just like sell it and, and get him something that made sense. And uh, I sold did? him, man. I sold him. I got, an, I got him a Hyundai Elantra and he still drives it. I, there was no way that I was going to put that kind of expense on a 17-year-old. So I got rid of the Wrangler. So I strongly discourage. Don't force it because they will, they will rebel against you, man. They, they, they will rebel. It will happen. So good luck with that one, and uh, call me to give me an update later on, okay?
3: Okay, here's a a quick one. Because I know you like reading, and my 13-year-old daughter really likes reading and a bit of a history buff. Yeah. You ready for this quick question? Yes. She asked me, how come there's Black History Month, but they don't have other months for other races that have contributed a lot to the country?
1: (laughs) You know what? I, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put a pin on that one right now because I need to think that answer the question so carefully in the answer to that question. I could have a far more uh, costly (laughs) uh, effect than that, that I care to uh, sacrifice at this specific point. I do really appreciate the phone call and I appreciate that you asked that question because those questions should be answered in private and at home. And uh, you know, everybody's got different opinions on that, but thank you so much for the phone call, man. Now, you know, what I do want to do, uh, what I want to share with you folks is that, um, over the last three, four, maybe five months or so, something has happened to the real estate. Uh, Ken, would you agree with this? Everybody keeps talking about the real estate market, real estate market, real estate market. Yeah, it's been a talk.
2: I've heard the talk. It's been a hot button conversation, especially right now with a number of people moving out of the downtown core in Toronto and looking for houses either in the GTA or just in smaller towns outside. It's like the real estate prices are just shooting straight through the roof.
1: And. It, it, it defies everything, I, you know, I, I live in Oakville and, uh, you know, historically speaking, the housing market has not stagnated in Oakville in over 65 years is what I understand. But, uh, you know, although my real estate transaction has always been a hobby of mine, um, it, it, it is a hobby because I've made it a, a way of living. Uh, I, I move often, I travel light and I stay nimble. Um, but uh, I, I wanted to bring an expert on the show and talk to you folks about real estate because there is, there is a lot of information that is not available to us, folks. I don't think the system is set up in a way to teach us how to win. I think that the system is set up to teach us how to stay stuck in the system. And, uh, you know, people like Loose Keyses, people like Money Mike, and my next guest are people that have figured this stuff out in, Myself, I figured this stuff out in the car industry. So we're talking about finances, we're talking about business, we're talking about the car industry, and I needed to have somebody from the real estate side of things that I trust. And uh, you know, there are several people that have approached me to come on the show and talk about real estate. And I thank you for for approaching me and and and, and trying to get on the show. But one of the things I made that mistake once. I I brought somebody on the show. Uh, to give financial advice that I, I had never given them my money and it was a mistake. And I promised that I was never going to bring on the show, anyone that I haven't personally done business with and that I trust and have known for a very long time from a professional level in a personal level. So my next guest is someone that I have known for the better part of the last 15 years. And we have worked together in several different projects and uh, he's a real estate agent. Uh, his name is Faisal. Faisal, are you on the line? That we have. I, I can't hear him yeah, very well.
8: I'm here.
1: Hey, Faisal, how are you? are yes, you? You know, it's, uh, it's been a bit of a crazy show. I'm sure that you um that you've been listening to it. Now, I think that your radio is up. Can you turn your radio down, Faisal? I think that this is your first time on on, on the radio, so I need you to turn the radio down. You're gonna hear me on the phone because otherwise, I hear an echo. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. How are you? I'm good.
8: Good. Thanks for letting me be on the
1: show. Uh, you know, I, I thought about you because uh, I have trust you uh, for, for many, many years when it comes to finances and, 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 and doing the accounting for you know, different places and businesses that I've had. And uh, your, your expertise in real estate is something that is needed. And uh, I wanted to have somebody that was ruthless with me on the radio because uh, you are not the most sensitive person that I know. And, uh, you know, I feel the same way about what I do. And I I do find that people confuse uh, nice with good. And, um, you know, I'm not that nice, but I like to think that I'm good. And I I think that I I found a kindred spirit with you, Faisal. And I need somebody to give me some explanations. You know, how long have you been in real estate, uh, Faisal?
8: I've been licensed for a little over 10 years.
1: And uh, what, what drove you to get yourself licensed? Because I'm sure that there is a, you know, a story behind you becoming a real estate agent.
8: Well, I, I was uh, working in the car industry like you were for many, many years. And about 10 years ago, I was getting uh, frustrated with it and so needed to do something different. <clears throat> so I got my license, and I was doing it part-time, you know, dealing mainly with friends and family. It was a good sideline but I decided yeah. the last little bit to go into it full force and get out of the car industry. Um, so that's what I'm doing. Uh, I'm just going into it. And my goal here is, um, obviously to make money cause that's what makes the world go around, but also to help yeah. people, right? Because there's a lot of, um, uh... what
1: is your... go ahead. sorry. What is your professional, your background? What, what is it? What are your qualifications? Um, uh, what do you do? I mean, as, as a, as a degree,
8: well, I have a, a master's, an MBA. I'm also um, a TPA. I've been a PPA now for about two, five, six years. Um, I've been in the car business. Like I was in the car business uh, for 25 years as a financial controller, as a general manager. I've done uh, a couple of different other things in the car industry, a business manager, project manager, building dealerships, all sorts of things
1: so when when it comes to the the art of putting a deal together you have been exposed about putting deals together in the trenches i mean if you can make it in the car buses, you can make it anywhere and <laughs> so if somebody wants to you know use you to negotiate you know you are the person to go to now can you can you help me a little bit because i i, I really feel that there is a lot of uh there's a lot of knowledge gaps when it comes to uh people that listen to the radio show here and and making good and sound financial decisions and Especially when it comes to real estate, can you tell me what is driving this crazy real estate market in the GTA right now, Faisal?
8: Well, the first thing is COVID, right? Everybody sat at home, they sat on their hands, didn't go out and spend money, they weren't driving their cars, weren't wasting gas, so they got people a lot of savings. Interest rates are the lowest they've ever been. You can get a Mortgage of 1.69%, so your ability to buy a bigger house is that much bigger. Uh, And people are Mm -hmm. uh, taking their money and looking for places to move to. And it's it's as simple as that.
1: So, I mean, I'm going to try to read between the lines here because people are spending more time at home and and, uh, many of them, their offices have been shut down because you're not allowed to go to work anymore because due to COVID, now what they want to do is just get themselves into a nicer place where they can spend more time and enjoy their lives at home. Is is, is that ultimately as basic as it comes? Well,
8: yeah, for a lot of people who were spending uh, lots of money commuting, their jobs have now changed and they can work from home or they don't know if they can go to the office maybe once a week or twice a week. So they're saving tons of money. And because they're spending so much more time at home, they want a nicer home. They want more space. So they're looking outside of uh, Toronto and buying a house in Toronto is becoming very, very difficult. So they're going to uh, Oshawa, Clarington, even Peterborough. The market in Peterborough is just skyrocketing. And that's just, you know, uh, dropping Georgina and so on. Things are just popping everywhere.
1: So the question is this, I mean, is this the right time to sell?
8: Uh, Yeah, I mean, if you want to, if you're looking to move to someplace else and you know what you want and you found it, yeah, now is the best time to sell because it's a seller's market. You hold all the cards, you can get very good money for your property and it's a good time to move on to something that's uh, maybe a little bit bigger or maybe downsizing or just more space. Right. You change mm-hmm. your lifestyle.
1: That was a good time. So, you know, what would you advise somebody that you know, is trying to time the market and say, you know what, well, the market is hot right now. I'm going to put my house up for sale. But I mean, that still leaves you homeless. You're still going to have to go and pay and pay the, the, the seller's market somewhere else uh, in, in another city and, and uprooting your life. So what would you advise to somebody that is thinking about cashing in and that hard you know, earned equity that they have in the, you know, f- for the most part, home equity is one of the only sources of, you know, serious, solid wealth that Canadians have. So, you know, you, you sell your house, but you're still left with a problem. You need to go and buy a house somewhere else and you're still going to pay top dollar. So what would you advise somebody that is, that is trying to sell the house because the market is so unbelievably ridiculous? You know, there was an article that came out in the Global Mail a couple of days ago. Uh, there was a house down the street here that there was over a hundred offers on, on a property here in Oakville and it sold for over a quarter of a million more than asking. That's insanity to me.
8: Well, obviously, the, your reason for selling has to be uh, what, what you plan to do next, right? So if you're looking to step up into a bigger house, you've got the equity that you built up in your current house, and now you can afford to buy a bigger house because it's also cheaper to, to, to carry the mortgage. If you're mm-hmm. looking to the downsides, now's a good time to cash out and take that equity and pay off the new place and have no expense if possible. Or if you're just looking for more space, maybe same amount, same cost, but just more space. Now's a good time to do it because if you move so out of the city, f-
1: uh-huh.
8: you can you can get a bigger place for the same money.
1: You know, this is a it's a very interesting thing because uh, you know in Oakville right now you, you you're given a literally a patch of grass. Uh, they're building the house up. You know, you don't see very many two two-story homes in Oakville anymore. You see four-story ho- uh, homes because you, you don't get a lot of uh, you know square footage when it comes to the footprints of the home. And uh, I, I do feel that a lot of people are moving out of the city to expand a little and and have an oasis, a little retreat, in where they can go home uh, away from home, but at home every single night. Now, you know, the the, the other question that I had, Faisal, is this. Um, How do you vet a good real estate agent? Because there is a lot of high power real estate agents out there that are saying, you know, come and deal with me. I give you the best deals. You know, I I do all these things for you. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, at one point in my life when I didn't know that that you did this, uh, I I got caught on that web of the high power, well-known real estate agent that, you know, they don't even talk to you. You know, they're just—it's just a brand that they, you list your house, and then you never see these people again. And uh, they keep putting the house on the market, off the market. How do you vet that you're dealing with with the adequate real estate agent?
8: Well, first thing is you look to your friends and family to see who they've dealt with. You know, who did they like? If, if the person that they like is something that, that, if you trust their judgment, then that's a good place to start. It's a personal relationship. It has to be between you and the actual agent. Yeah. I may belong to a, a team a big name team but you're not getting that big name to actually work for your for you on your house you're, you're getting the individual agent so it's about developing a personal relationship with that person because they need to know what you want they have to figure out what you and your family need and what they want and what you can afford and they have to find the best deal for you
1: you know how do you find a balance between you know, getting your feelings involved in a real estate transaction? Because, I mean, this is this is as more tied to your feelings as anything else. This is even more than a car. You know, this is where you live. I mean, this is where you sleep. How can you, you know, someone like you, how can you help someone navigate about removing the, the, uh, the feelings involved and using the logic to make a sound real estate decision? Well,
8: that's a tough one because it's a very emotional decision process, right? People get they, they go see a house, they fall in love with it, there's 40, 50 offers on it, and they don't win it because they were being cautious, and then they're very disappointed. But getting involved in bidding awards can be very, very uh, hard, very tiring, right? And people lose hope sometimes. It's, uh, for me, I try to just try and manage their expectations as far as getting the house that they want initially. I just, and I just keep reinforcing that this is what we're planning to do we're going to get there it's just going to take a little time and I just try to make it make it easier for them mentally that's all
1: you know I, I i can tell you this folks because i i have known faisal for a very long time i i you know and i trust you um i, I can only imagine how crazy your business must be going right now with all these people that are buying and selling houses if somebody wanted to do business with you faisal in the future What is the phone number that they can use to reach you, and what is your website? I know that you you know you put in all this together, and uh, you know you want to just make this something that people can be proud and feel safe of dealing with. Uh, If somebody wants to deal with you uh, to buy or sell their house, where can they reach you? What is the phone number? Number one.
8: My number is 416-399-4227.
1: And uh, what is your website?
8: Uh, My current website is uh, favobaba.com, so F-A-I-Z-E-L-B-H-A-B-H-A.com.
1: Well, I, uh, I, I really want uh, I I know that uh, I, I called you yesterday and I asked, <laughs> and I said, you know, Facebook, can you come on the show and, and try to explain to some of my listeners what is happening with the marketplace right now? And as simple as it may be, because it, this sounds like a pretty simple explanation, um, I think it's important that everyone that listens to the Carrasco show here understands the following that the only purpose of the show is to bring some value to your life in which you can actually uh, use to make better decisions when it comes to your finances. And there are many of us that are completely lost. Uh, You know, I I need to do this, but I'm not an expert. I I still have to live my life. And um, I I surround myself with people that I trust, whether it's at work or outside of work. I have my mentors. And uh, just like money, Mike is for my finances, you know, you are for my real estate needs. And uh, folks, I can tell you that I have known Faiso personally, and uh, I'm going to try to get him to come here very often to answer real estate questions that you may have, or you can reach him directly uh if you want to talk to him after the show he's uh you know his his phone number like you said before is 416-399-4227 again 416-399-4227 or you can send him an email uh, or reach him on his website at faisalbaba.com that's faisal b-h-a-b-h-a.com faisal thank you so much for taking the time to come and, and talk to us this morning about real estate and uh you know for next time you come on the show i'm going to be a little bit more prepared And uh, I'll I'll have some pretty, you know, pointy questions that I'm going to ask you in relation to people that are looking at buying and selling properties right now and how the process works. So you can help us not make mistakes because I see a lot of mistakes are being made. And uh, uh, I was reading I was reading today that uh, you know people often assume that if you go and deal directly with a selling agent that you that you may get a better deal, and that is a myth. And I want you to address that next time you come on the show. Is it better to not be represented when you're negotiating with a selling dealer? And you know I thought that's a pretty big conflict of interest. So, Faisal, thank you so much. For joining the Carrasco show here and shedding some light on what's happening in the real estate age, uh, real estate market here in Southern Ontario, and uh, you know, if you're kind enough, uh, maybe you can uh, share some of your knowledge with my listeners here in the weeks to come. What do you think?
8: Oh, well, I would love that opportunity to help out. Uh,
1: thank well, much. thank you so much. And uh, I'll talk to you during the week, and, and perhaps we can put a plan together so we can uh, discuss some of the topics of, that we can share here and there. Thank you. Uh, that is Faisal Baba, everyone. Uh, he is my real estate agent. He's the person that I use for all my real estate needs. And like I said to you before, this is a promise that I made you folks that I'm never gonna bring anyone on the show here that I haven't done with business with personally. And I know that there's a lot of good real estate agents out there. I, I get it. There's a lot of them, uh, but this one happens to be the one that I use. And uh, has done well by my side and on that basis i would put my stamp of approval um, i'm going to load his information up on my website on gregcarrasco.com so if you want to reach him you can reach him directly uh, folks this show is brought to you by oakville nissan and oakville infinity home of the no commission salespeople. and you are listening to the greg carrasco show here canada's largest automotive radio show and if you want to um fight with me, call me 416-870-1050. Or if you call him from out of town is 1-855-591-6876. We'll be right back after the break. And we're back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco show with my friend Ken Stapen here. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show. That is mostly not about cars. Um, if you have a beef with me, if you want to talk to me, if you want an answer for, if you want help. Call me, 416-870-1050. And if you're calling from Autotown, it's 1-855-591-6876. Um, you know, we only have about half an hour left. So if you had a question so about buying a car, selling a car, leasing a car, trading a car, whether you're looking at a vehicle and you want an objective opinion, a ruthless objective opinion on what to get and what not to get, call us, 416-870-1050. And uh, we're going to help you out. But don't forget, folks, that uh, this show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. My amazing crew is there every single day, trying to live up to all the expectations that I set for them through the show here. And since I have no life, you can always pretty much always find me there. And uh, we have no commission salespeople, but uh, something more important is that for the month of March, we've decided to take a chance. And uh, I put a deal together that is quite possibly the least expensive CUV or compact utility vehicle in the country. So listen to this, folks. If you have a young person in your house that needs a vehicle, or if you want to downsize in your cars because your spatial abilities or your peripheral vision is not as good as it once was, and you want to have something smaller, practical, good in gas that is not going to break the bank, this is probably where you should go. And that is Oakville Nissan. And here it is. Right now, you can get a 2020 Nissan Kicks S. 2020 Nissan Kicks S. For 195 a month, this is not weekly, this is not weekly, this is 195 a month plus tax with zero dollars down. You come in, I'll give you the keys, you take the car. there's no money exchange. 195 a month plus tax. If you're a Nissan customer, this is available to you. Don't miss out. I don't have very many of these things left. And uh, I think that that was uh, what I needed to do to set the pace for... Uh, and to show you, really, how crazy of a deal we have, deals we have going on at Oakville Nissan, um, we have a phone call. Uh, who is next on the line?
2: Let's go to Will from New Dundee. Will, you're on the Greg Carrasco Show.
1: Hi, Greg. Hello. Ken. What is happening?
2: Good morning.
11: Yeah, I've been listening to you since forever, uh, Greg. <laughs> and I kind of know your, how you feel about leasing versus purchase. So earlier today, there was a lady called. And and you made a a statement that I'd like you to explain a little more thoroughly. You said if she was if she was putting on twenty five or thirty k a year, yeah, it makes more sense to lease versus low mileage. I get the real low mileage thing, but why does it make more sense to lease at twenty five to thirty k per year? Say thirty.
1: Okay, so I'll explain. That's a good question. I said it would make more sense. I still don't think that leasing is a good thing to do. Okay. But if she was planning to lease and she was list, uh, driving between twenty-four and 30,000 kilometers, then I, at least I can see why. I still don't think that leasing a vehicle is a good option. I'm sorry, man. I, you see, you got to remember this, that uh, you need to understand the motivation why people have to uh, lease a vehicle. You know, and the number one thing that I hear is that I, I, I want to change the cars every two or three years. And the question is, why? And, and once, you, once you hear from the customer, that I just like to drive something new every three years, then I have no argument against that because that's an emotional, personal decision that you're going to make. But you also need to understand that you will never own a vehicle. You see, in my world, because I understand how big of a waste of money cars are, The last thing that you want is to put yourself into a two- or three-year cycle in which you must change the vehicle whether you want to or not, whether you like the car or not, whether your financial situation is up to par, whether your personal situation is in place, whether you have a job or not. It doesn't matter. The leasing company will not care. And and you're driving
11: the vehicle through its biggest period of depreciation (laughs) in its
1: entire lifetime. Preach it. Preach it. You see, and here's the part that a lot of people don't understand. How many are using the consumer? Listen to this. I know I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to make so many enemies this word. You know, how many use the consumer? Okay. They use you for you to pay for the highest depreciating years of the car. So when you give it back, guess what's going to happen to that car? It's going to be sold again. And somebody's going to make Absolutely. money of the price that you pay to depreciate. Folks, cars have never been as good as they are today. There is not a single car manufacturer other than Fiat that makes a terrible (laughs) product. They don't. (laughs) They don't. Most car manufacturers make a pretty good product today. And if you really wanted to and your self-esteem was intact and your ego was not fragile, you can literally buy any vehicle in the marketplace today and drive it for 10, 12, 14 years. And there is not a single reason why you shouldn't be able to do that. And and again, there is a caveat here because a lot of people are cheap. They don't want to pay the money on repairs and then they complain that the cars break down. But then all we need to do is look at their service history and you realize that they don't change the oil for two years at a time. And they blame that the car broke down or something bad happened to it. So, you know, the caveat is very simple. If you comply with your maintenance schedule set by the manufacturer and then some, there is not a single reason why you shouldn't be driving that vehicle for as long as you can until the vehicle dies. And look at this, if you do it my way, there is a possibility that you may have a car without car payments. But if you put yourself into a leasing cycle, that will never, ever, ever be the case. And there is no point in you paying, making payments on a car when you, if, if you bought it after the second three year cycle of a lease, you would have paid that car off. Does that make sense to
11: you? Yeah, absolutely. I like I said, I've been listening to you for years, and and that that philosophy totally makes sense to me. I, you know, I this whole throwaway society um, aspect just doesn't doesn't make sense to me. So what you say makes perfect sense. But I have one more question, Greg. Yeah, please well, do. With this great amazing deal you have on the kicks. Yep. Um, is that the cheapest car you can buy from Nissan? Is there is if a guy doesn't want a CUV or an SUV, is it cheaper to buy a car, or is that about the cheapest wheels you have purchased? You know, <laughs> this is a
1: this is a very interesting question. It's a very timely question because I belong to a dealer advisory board when it comes to uh, the marketing plans for Nissan Canada. So some some people think that my opinion mean something. Uh, I wish my kids felt that way, but they don't. So anyways, I'll, I'll share it with you. So in the, we had a call this past Wednesday in which the Nissan Versa uh, has been in question because the Nissan Versa is the least expensive vehicle that you can buy from uh, Nissan Canada right now. And it's a smaller vehicle than the Sentra. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful machine. It's just a, not a lot of people know that the, the Versa is back. Uh, the Versa yeah, I'm aware of yeah, the Versa disappeared there for you know a couple of years, and now the uh, the Versa sedan is back. But it looks so similar to the Sentra that a lot of people are getting confused and they don't know which one is which. So if you if people don't want a, a CUV and they want to get a compact sedan, I think that the the Versa is a perfectly good alternative to that specific vehicle. Now as per the deal, um, I I need to look it up. I I really need to look it up. I know that you can lease one for one ninety five. Uh, plus tax, a versa, but it's a stick. The um, the Nissan kicks is an automatic. So you know you would have to come down and see it. But cool. uh, you know I really appreciate you listening to the show for as long as you can remember. I you you are a slacker. You you <laughs> need to come by the store and I'll give you the T-shirt because anyone that listens to the show and drive by the store and comes and say hello, you will get the T-shirt. You will get the picture, and we'll do this together. But again, thank you so much for listening, man. I really appreciate Thanks, it, man. Thank you. Yeah.
2: Bye. Do we have any other phone calls there, again? Uh, Let's go to Michael from Mississauga. Michael, you're on The Greg Carrasco Show.
1: Michael. Hi, how are you? I'm very well. How can I make your life better today?
10: Basically, uh, my wife has a 2010 Lexus RX 350, but her commute to work has gone up substantially, about 70 more kilometers a day. And now she's looking to get into a Honda CRV or a Nissan Juke. She really likes the Nissan Juke. We're looking at about a 2010 to a 2015 for both models. What do you suggest?
1: The Nissan Nissan Juke. Yes. Okay. Um, Well, I presume that looking at the price range, you're looking at paying cash, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, don't. Don't do that. I mean, this goes right back to what I was saying to the previous caller. Uh, You know, you should probably have a look at the Kicks because the Juke is right in between the Cash Qashqai and the Kicks. There, you know, the, the Juke was a very interesting car. There was no middle ground for that car. People either loved it or they hated it because it was a it's a very peculiar looking machine. Um, it it was a lot. It was a funky car. Some a lot of people loved that thing. They don't make it anymore. You know, it, there's no sense in talking about it. But you see, for the price range that you're gonna be paying for a UCRV, you can get yourself a new Nissan Kicks. And if you're looking at uh, some safety, the vehicle meets all the safety requirements for the year 2027. Uh, you can get snow tires. You can get everything in it. You can leave your cash in the bank and barely touch your finances because the monthly payment is so small. So I don't know if I would do that, man. I, I really don't know if I would do that. Okay. Okay. So you're, you're know, really so, high
10: on this uh, Nissan
1: kick then, correct? You know, here is my opinion. There is a few cars out there that I think that are perfect cars for what they are. So let, let me give you an example. Okay. I believe it is my... It is my personal belief that the Hyundai Elantra in that segment is a perfect car. I believe that um, the Audi A4 for that segment is a perfect car. I believe that uh, the Kia Telluride for that full size SUV right now is a perfect car. I believe that the Nissan Kicks for that vehicle, the commuter, the reliable, not expensive, brand new with all the safety features in that segment is a perfect car. So just like that, there are many vehicles that would fit the bill that you don't have to really sacrifice all the warranty. Because I can tell you this. If you're looking at a vehicle that's 2015, 2014, or 13, you have no warranty left on these things. So you're going to be paying cash, but you, you may be buying somebody else's problem. So get yourself a new one. Get yourself an extended warranty. Buy it drive it until it dies because you clearly keep the vehicles for a long time so why are you going to sacrifice the reliability that a brand new car gives you you know just for a few thousand dollars more and you can have peace you know a peace of mind for a decade you know what I'm saying no I understand uh my last question is do any of the kicks come with
5: navigation
1: uh, no, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, navigation is one of the least used features that vehicles have today because most customers, most people will use uh, Apple CarPlay and uh, you can get the navigation on the phone. So there is no point in paying two, three, four, five thousand dollars for a feature that will never use. And you're mostly on the phone anyways. You see what I'm saying? So I think that it's a waste of money, but um, uh, you, you can get your Apple CarPlay in an Nissan Kicks. You know, why don't you do this? You and your wife come down. Let your wife drive the vehicle. I'll give you one for you to take for a couple of days. Drive it to work and see how you feel about that. Fair enough. Can't go wrong with Look, I, I I solve problems, and that's what I do. You, you you bring me a problem, I'll try to find you a solution. Thank you so much for the phone call. Uh, folks, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, home of the no commission salespeople. I'm at the store all the time, and for a very limited time, folks, very limited time, you can get a 2020 Nissan Kicks S with $0 down for 195 a month plus tax. That is the least expensive CUV in the country. And the reason why I'm talking so much about it is because I know how good of a deal it is. So if you're a Nissan customer, this is available to you. Come and see me. We're going to take a very, very small break and we'll be right back. Slacker Nation is back. If you just tuning in, folks, you are listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show. And uh, with our new time slot, which is new here on TSM, but it's been uh, my current, my you know, always time slot for you know, over a decade, 8 a.m., to 11 a.m. is the new time slot of the Greg Carrasco show here with Ken Staple on TSN 1050. We are the largest automotive radio show. We don't make a lot of friends here, but I can tell you this, we save a lot of money to people that listen to the show and they want to use the principles that we teach people here for you not to waste your money on cars. The two main things that you need to remember folks, I don't care which brand you're buying. I don't care the type of car you're spending your money in. But if you're financing or paying cash for the vehicle and you don't get an extended warranty with that car, you are making a grave mistake. It doesn't matter what your uncle that buys cars all the time tells you. It doesn't matter what your grandpa that tells you, oh, extended warranty is a scam. It doesn't matter what those people tell you. Believe me, if I were buying a vehicle today with all that I know, about what's what goes into vehicles and what could potentially happen to them. I would never dream of leaving that car dealership without an extended warranty. And you know, I understand that you not, may not be buying the vehicle from me. It doesn't matter what you're buying. Don't make a mistake today for problems that you're gonna have three, four, five years from now. And the other thing that I tell you folks all the time is that if you are to lease a vehicle, you need to get yourself a lease and protection folks you need to put a condom on that lease you don't want to do it without that protection you know it it may be fun because you're saving yourself a few bucks on a monthly basis but the risk is far too great for you not to put protection on that lease or on that car we have another phone call right now no
2: yeah let's get to gino from toronto gino we uh we're up against the clock here so make it quick
5: Hey, uh, I got hella this morning. Yeah, um, what's happening? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at an SUV, a mid size SUV, and I'm kind of contemplating between a few vehicles. I like the okay. Grand, uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee, the Santa Fe. Okay, scrap it. And I kind
1: scrap of, it. Scrap the Cherokee, the Santa Fe, the Contender. What else? Uh, I was looking at
5: the QX50 or the QX60. But you don't well, think, those, uh, you know grand-
1: you're not talking about mid-sized, you know, SUVs. We're talking about expensive cars now. You see, you're talking about two different completely different uh segments of the car industry. So which one do you want? Do you want a mid-sized luxury SUV or you want a mid-sized SUV? Yeah. That's where I'm that's where I'm kind of in
5: the middle. I just want okay, to Okay, let me ask to- another
1: question. Do you want to spend yeah. 30 grand or do you want to spend $55,000? Which one do you want to spend? 50- 55. Okay, so then stay on the midsize luxury SUV. So on that one, you're talking about the Lexus NX, you're talking about the Q5, you're talking about the BMW X3, uh, you are talking about the GLC, you're talking about the Acura RDX, and uh, the Infiniti QX50. That's your segment right there. That's the La Creme The la Creme. What's that?
5: Stay away from the Grand Cherokee.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't don't consider that. No, that's not, I really like it's not that, a good that vehicle. Thing,
5: I really like that truck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I mean, it's, it's a good-looking truck, but uh, anyone that drives him, you know, you, you need to be lucky not to have any problems with that thing. Uh, I'll, okay. I, it would never fall within the vehicles that I would buy. So, you know, that's, I mean, you can buy it if you want, but... Uh, no, no, I, and I've
5: had the Q50, uh, sorry, the Q5 before, if I'm Audi, and I, I'm kind of an Audi guy. I have an A4 right now, and I've had the Q, and I'm, I was uh, happy with it, but... I'm just thinking it's a little too small. Do to I go back into well, that thing?
1: you know, I think that you need to get out there, man. You need to you need to try the world. You need to get inside things and and see if they fit your life. But you know, I I have to cut that that phone call short. You can call me yeah. after the show, and I'll give you a little bit of more of the background on that one. But uh, I'm sure that I'll, I'll be seeing you sometime in the near future, folks. Okay, <laughs> thank you, man. Uh, this is uh, this is the the Carrasco you get when I'm running on three hours sleep. <laughs> The show is pretty intense. I am about to lose my voice and that is awesome. That is awesome. There is a lot more in this brain of mine that I can share with you. If you come and see me at the store, it's one of the safest places on the planet for you to come and buy a new or a used vehicle. The no commission salespeople is certainly helping you, but um, I have no life. I live at these places. So you can come and see me at Oakville Infinity and Oakville Nissan because there's something happening there at OakvilleNissan.com. Something's happening
7: here.